see, we weren't sure if we were here because the the vote was still pending. But we think they've taken the vote, so... <laughs> we're here. Uh, th- we're here. Yeah, it's okay. official. All right. Hey, yeah. congratulations to Jack. Yes. Uh, this was... Jack, yeah. nicely done, Jack. A first time for him doing on the air, live... And he did a dang good job doing the post-game show You can come out in, Jack. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, come on in. Uh, Jack is uh, occasionally heard on Sunday mornings on the Dean Richards Show because he's the producer. And now he's a rock star. Hello. Grab a, grab a, uh, (laughs) let's see, grab a mic five. You made it. You did it. You did it. Are you there? Hello. There, There he is. Okay. You've got a face for radio. I know, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's why, that's why I got into it. <laughs> I just said to oh, one of the guys here, I said, did Jack always have a beard? <laughs> uh, no, not always. It was kind of a new thing. <laughs> no, not always. You weren't born with like your beard? Like when you were 12, you didn't have it, right? No, when I was 13, I did. So. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. So you're normally heard on Sunday mornings on the Dean Richards Show. Yeah. Wait a minute, that, that may be one of the few times I've heard the word normal and Dean, Dean Richards, Richards in the yeah. same sentence. Well, he may be the only normal up. thing on the Dean yeah. Richards show. I try so, to be. How was it tonight? Uh, I was good. Was uh, it scary? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Especially when they wrapped up so early. Yeah. We're walking down the hall going, what? The game is over with? Yeah, I was sitting there and I was like, oh yeah, it's overtime. And then... It was like it was, two second yeah, overtime? 21 second overtime. Really? Just yeah. 21 seconds? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, was right. ta- I was telling Brett, I was, I, he's like, you got to talk for six minutes. I'm like okay, and then like we come back, and I looked. It was like nine ten, and I, my mind just went blank. But I found my way to that. So. You did good. Yeah. You did really Thank good. Thank you. I appreciate it. it. Means a lot. So now you you've been bitten by the bug. You're like okay, trial by fire because that was yeah. a big deal coming yeah. in after yeah. the Blackhawks game. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely it definitely was. I'm very grateful to Dave and Mary let me do it. And yeah, I mean filling in for Joe Brand. I mean, Joe's great. And so yeah. I was just trying to be half as good as he was, you know, or he is. So well, Now, Joe's at a wedding tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's he, okay. I think he told me he had two weddings. So oh, my gosh. He's, well, he's having you, a fun day. You guys are at that age where all your buddies yeah. are getting married. Yeah. So your bank account is kind of stretched because yeah. they all expect gifts, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Expensive tastes, right? So now are you going to run home and sleep fast because you'll be back here in yeah. less than 12 hours? Yeah, just a you know quick power nap and yeah. Dean Richards is then Hampton OB tomorrow, so I'm sure. Oh, you're here for that too. Yeah. Oh that's, boy, it's always fun. Were you here last week? <laughs> I for was. That? Oh yeah. my god, the gosh. fireworks. Oh yeah, there. I mean, no, nobody loves the Bears as much as those two. I thought you we, guys we can't tell you how many people we heard from that were yes. listening and said, "Yes, boy, are they saying what we're feeling?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, the phone lines there. It doesn't matter if there were right after the game or hours pro- yeah the yeah. phone lines are full and i mean the people want to hear what they have to say and yeah. one of my favorite posts on facebook the chicago sports season can't get any worse than the socks this year <laughs> hold my bear oh yeah that's good yeah that's good that's <laughs> i mean it's, yes but honestly i thought at the start of the post game last week that you guys were going to have to call 911 for oh. hamp yeah, I thought. Oh, he's he, he, he was veins. making our blood pressure go yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> You're just I listening mean, to him. You know, Ob. I mean, he sits right here, and he yeah. just he's just sitting there looking, and 
and, but when Hamp gets going, that's when you know yeah. like, they're they're not performing the way yeah. they should. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that vein in his neck is like mm-hmm. throbbing. Right. Yeah. I mean, and they're and they're not wrong with what they're saying. I mean, yeah. No. Those guys, those guys played good football, and they they they've won championships. So, yeah. I mean, you yeah. gotta respect what they're saying. I mean, they know what they're talking about. But but to me, I think one of the uh, speaking of sports, as Howard Cosell used to say, one of the best things about the Chicago Sox season. They actually lost a hundred, so they went. They go. got a hundred. Okay, yeah. fine. Yes, I guess was, we could we could take that, right? At least. He was saying, "Be good at something. Get to a yeah. nice good at least number." Let's 100. round it off. Yeah, I mean, and you look. The Cubs look like they're gonna make the playoffs, and they just got eliminated today. Yes. So. Yeah. yeah. We're ho- we're hoping we're putting everything on this young guy Connor Bedard in this yeah. season. So hopefully, he can give us a little something. Yeah. But. Well, there was some rumor that um, television didn't want to carry the Bears tomorrow because it was <laughs> a lot of the CBS stations, you know, their markets yeah. were like, no. Like, well, that, last week they were the national game, and then yeah. I heard in other markets they cut that game. No. So, like in Chicago and Kansas City, they kept it, no. but like it was supposed to be like the national game, <laughs> yeah. like all across the country. And then once it was thirty-one to nothing at halftime, they just shook it loose and went but to the Dallas. Did game. you see the Taylor Swift effect? I did. With oh my gosh. women. It's watching crazy. the game, yeah. And Whoa. then you, well, you look at Travis Kelsey, the guy. Like all of a sudden, his, his jersey sales are up three hundred percent. No, four hundred as of yeah, today. Four hundred percent. Yeah, and then <laughs> he's gained like almost like a million followers on Instagram. And so, do you think this is a promotional event or? It looked real to me. I, I think it's. I hear people say. I think it's real. Yeah. But that it was interesting too. I just saw that apparently the uh, the broadcast tried to get in touch with her to say we want to use your songs and she said no we're not yeah. doing that yeah but, but it also has been suggested that since she's so so powerful i mean this is a huge effect that she had on football last week oh, female yeah. demographics were off the chart yeah. yeah just because rumor got out that she was there and now they're saying well why can't she buy newspapers and show herself reading papers and <laughs> yeah. save the print industry yeah. listen to the radio <laughs> and then someone else said maybe she could support medicare so we could get medicare for everyone seems like she's got the power to do anything <laughs> really? right? my prediction for the time person of the year is taylor swift you think yeah. so yeah. All right, Mark, this change. I think so. Wow. Yeah, yeah. she got 35,000 people to go out and register to vote. And then I heard a later higher figure after. Really? Yeah, like the next day there were even more people that registered. That's so crazy. good for her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, she's got influence, so. And she was cute as all get out of the oh, game. Yeah. And then how about the video that Jarrett Payton took? Oh, yeah. That we in were the locker that. room. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, we saw him on the news Sunday night. He said, it has gone viral. And then I went. That's like over a million hits on that yeah. video. It's yeah. crazy. I think it was more. I, I was watching Monday Night Football the next night, and they, they played his no. clip. Yeah. I think I, see, I think he tweeted, like, oh, they didn't give me credit, but, like, they put it on ESPN. <laughs> I love some of the comments, though, because she looked absolutely adorable walking through there with her red. She's, like, know, all happy. Like, yeah. Hi. <laughs> and um, his outfit was just weird. It was loud. I don't know uh, if it was in a good way. Well, some well, people said it was a nod to her, her her song from 1989. It was that was the look yeah. that he was going for. But now, is that true? The picture that I saw on some social media that he's got a tattoo of her on on his no. arm, or is that a I didn't is that, that a fake? Thing? I think it's fake. It yeah. Fake, okay. But I, I mean, maybe in a week or two. The way this is going. <laughs> 
This is just so weird. Well, she's going to the game this week, too. <laughs> is she really? Yeah, it's in, it's in yeah. New York. I think she lives in New York. But oh, my the gosh. Chiefs are, the Chiefs are playing yeah. Sunday night football. So yeah. tomorrow oh night, you can get a wow. bunch of Taylor again. <laughs> And if you're sick of the Taylor effect, deal with it. She's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know? Oh, no. Good for her. And weather was so bad in New York. I, I'm assuming the game's still going to happen because streets with are flooding. With all flooding? Yeah, yesterday. I haven't heard anything. I think it's Did you still see going. any of the yeah. video? Yeah, I heard that. I mean, cars were floating. And I said, where was I doing this? But it happened so fast. It literally was in a matter of hours. They got something like 11 inches of rain, and, and a lot of people were shocked. Yeah. Well, she couldn't stop that, though. <laughs> no, she can't, she can't do everything. <laughs> it's going to be a great day weather-wise in Chicago tomorrow because it still feels a little bit, for October 1st, it seems unusually warm. Yeah. So enjoy that part of the day. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the Broncos and they gave up 70 points last week and lost by 50 in their favorite against the Bears. So Really? Yeah, what does that say? Three and a half point <laughs> favorite. Like, the Bears are underdogs and... This is a team that Ouch. lost by fifty. They're both zero and three. I'm sure the I'm sure the boys will have something to say about you that. Know, we should make this a drinking game, if, yeah, you, just to have more, some fun. That'd be yeah. more fun. All right, what would we do? What would be the the the, the um, what would be the hook? Um, you, you take a drink when what happens? Um, uh, 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 there's so much to pick from. <laughs> yeah, the Bears get sacked. They miss a tackle. That, that, that's where I was going. <laughs> Justin Fields but that's too obvious. Pass. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> they're crying on the sideline. Yeah, they, <laughs> you feel sick to your stomach, so take a drink. Turnover. Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> the crowd boos. Yeah, take a yeah, drink. Yeah, that <laughs> might happen early. It may. Yep. Yeah. Well, again, congratulations. Thank you. Now you can again, go the, home. The, you had your baptism by fire. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Which my, my baptism by fire, my first radio job, I was doing an overnight show. And for the first couple nights, I was supposed to do like, you know, one hour. And then the guy who was training me would do an hour. Okay. So that's how we were doing it. But then he went to take a nap. And I couldn't wake him up. Oh. So I wound up doing the whole show, and that's how I got the show. There you go. Yes. There you yes. go. Now that you're was, a pro. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know My about that. My first day on the radio, I was... I was. Oh, yes. <sighs> that This was the definitive baptism by fire. Johnny, new kid, doing Aurora radio station. Talk show. And I thought, okay, throughout the show, I'm going to integrate music from movies. Because I was raised on Roy Leonard's show, and so I thought this will work. People will love it. And A Star Is Born had just come out with Barbara Streisand, so I brought in my LP. I put it on the turntable. I queued it up. I went to the song just before the song Evergreen, which is a was a hit song by Barbara Streisand. Unintentionally, you went to this. I, I accidentally dropped the needle on the song just before the hit song, which was Chris Christopherson oh. singing "Go to Hell." Oh. <laughs> And I was frozen as it's, as he's screaming, go to hell. And I'm like, oh. I'd been on the air 15 minutes when oh, that happened. Man. And I knocked the needle off, so now I've ruined my album because you... Yeah. And then I came on the air and I said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to <laughs> And they let me stay anyway. There you go. So, there yes. you go. Another chance. That's yeah. right. It was a yeah. hundred years ago. Well, we've got a lot of things coming up tonight. Yeah, and um, some special announcements tonight yes, too. And people speaking, of people who've been around for a while. Max Armstrong is going to join us at yes. the ten o'clock hour to talk about his brand new book. 
And it's always fun to talk with Max. And we can go back to September of 1985, the very first time we interviewed him on the air. For the very first Farm Aid. Yes, it was a Saturday night show we yep. were doing then. Yes, 1985. Yep. I know. So stay with us. We had a lot of things coming up tonight until 2 o'clock in the morning here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. I recognize that, but I can't think of what it is. Julian, what is that? It's Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode? Depeche Mode, Never Let Me Down Again. Hmm. Good choice. Dealer's choice. Producer's choice. And we've got some choice music coming up tonight, so we hope you will stick around for what we flavor the program with. And uh, don't forget that over the next few days, you'll be able to go to our blog at stephenjohnny.com. And you will be able to find out what those songs are with links to those bumps. We do that every week now, thanks to one of our listeners who suggested, because she was staying up late trying to pencil, with paper and pencil, trying to write down these Mm -hmm. songs. She said, it's just so frustrating. I can't do it fast enough. And if you're trying to find our blog, uh, the specific address is steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. I've heard that a thousand times, and still, Mm -hmm. I looked at you like, eh, I don't know. What do I tell them? So, so we were talking about our our first radio baptisms by fire, right. first days on the radio. Uh, Ron, what about you? <laughs> what was your first uh, radio baptism by fire? Oh, that had to be in, in the uh, Air Force uh, at AFRS Athens, and they laughed at me. <laughs> they had so much fun. We were doing like a uh, 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 a call in, and I was reading something, and my voice went like that. <laughs> Well, what were you, 18? <laughs> uh, well, close. I was yeah. like, no, I was about 22. Uh-huh. But uh, it's it's still, it was just, uh, you know, it's it's yeah. nerve-wracking for yeah. the first time. I was nowhere near as good as Jack was tonight. He was he was sounding like a real pro. Yes, he did. And it was kind of cool to be able to stand back and hear the boy, you know, take flight. Because... Um, he sounded terrific. As he told us off the air, this kind of a dream of his, and to be able to do that. Oh, and, it's like he's been doing it forever. Yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean though you you start talking and suddenly you feel these all of a sudden your voice is it's really tight and you're like oh i think i'm going to strangle that was it (laughs) and then it got it just got embarrassing and they just laughed it was it was uh like a a a call-in show and i was uh i was reading something something that someone had uh (laughs) had said and i was just rereading it and they just laughed and that didn't help (laughs) (laughs) okay i I felt awful so so doing a call-in show now I'll go back to my first job in radio, 1966, WJOB, Hammond, Indiana. One of the things I did was take some phone calls. This was back in the day when in order to take a phone call, in order to get that seven-second delay, they had right to my immediate left two reel-to-reel tape recorders. The call went in and was recorded on the first tape recorder, that's where the uh, the initial reel was. Then the take-up reel went to the second tape recorder, which gave you enough time, and that was the volume that you brought up on the air. Oh, gosh. So you were literally working with two reel-to-reel yeah. tape recorders to get your tape delay. So if anybody said anything, you just 
yeah. dumped down the volume on the second tape recorder. How did you work it with your first talk show, Ron? Well, uh, for this, it was uh, people were calling in uh, like pledges. We were having like a fund drive. And so I was reading uh, pledges over the air, but uh, I never, uh, you know, had never been on the air before. You know, I was born and raised in Chicago. It was a big deal to me mm-hmm. to be on the radio. Uh, a lot of the people who were in the uh, armed forces, uh, in the uh, Air Force like me, they were, you know, they came from smaller towns and uh, it was not the same thing. You know, it was not the same thing as being in a major market. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it was, it was a huge deal. <laughs> and I think that they were right to laugh at me because it made everything live. Light, you know, it was yeah. it was a fun thing to do. But I still remember uh, the man's name, uh, Staff Sergeant Forrest Norman Corley. Oh, if you're out there listening, I hope I got better. What a, <laughs> that's a great name. That, sounds like sounds like it should have been a uh, a an old time radio news broadcaster. This is Forrest Norman Corley. That's how he news. sounded. He was very very good. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was very good. There was a lot of uh, a lot of good talent. Matter of fact, I was at AFRS Athens uh, before. It was a few years before me, but Adrian Cronauer worked there for the Air Force before he went over to AFRS Crete, and then he went to Vietnam. Where he became, you know, the good morning Vietnam yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. But wow. uh, but when I got there, they had told me about that lineage, and I was like, yeah, this is where Adrian Cronauer yeah. you know, started out. Huh. So and he did okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess. yeah. You think? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was telling someone recently because I was doing talk when I first started out doing a four-hour talk show. Dean Richards was doing mornings, and I was doing afternoons, and then I was following my four-hour talk show with a four-hour rock music show. And I, I laughed because the other day I was talking about how we had a promotion where we took a bunch of listeners to see a movie called FM No Static at All. Do you remember that movie, Ron? I do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Steely Dan did the song. Yes. That's right. Yes. And so we had all of these listeners in a section of the movie theater, I think was in Bolingbrook. And we had no idea that in the movie, these disc jockeys, these FM disc jockeys did cocaine. And after the movie... Honestly, the people who attended thought that's what we did at the radio station. We were lucky to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> and I was like, no. Yeah, they, they, they made a few things up. I yeah. Think. yeah well, in fact, we stood in the parking lot saying, no, no, really, that, that's Hollywood's version of what happens on the FM. Well, I think a lot of that was based on Los Angeles Probably. FM radio, yeah. which was kind of that crazy at yeah, that Yeah, they point. weren't making $100 a week. Yeah, (laughs) that was uh, Martin Mull in that movie, wasn't it? Martin Mull, the I think you're right, blonde-haired comedian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I hadn't thought about him forever. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a long, long time. That's one they don't seem to rerun. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's really dated. Even though Steely Dan is still wildly popular. Oh yeah. yeah. When they travel through, uh, I think they've done Ravinia. and I believe it's a lot of the same guys. So you get the Mm -hmm. same sound, the same Steely Dan sound. Well. Speaking of sound, we got a lot of people to talk to tonight. Uh, Ron, have you ever met Max Armstrong? No, I never have, but everybody knows his name in Chicago. He's a legend. Yes. Every every small town across the country uh, Mm -hmm. knows the name Max Armstrong. So I feel like we, you know, we're rubbing shoulders with with royalty, agriculture royalty, when we talk with him. He's got some great stories, and he's put out his second book, his More Stories from the Heartland, and it's wonderful. And it's got great pictures, so we're going to talk about that and just kind of catch up with Max. And also, a little later tonight, uh, we will introduce you to or reintroduce some of you to a longtime friend of ours, Anthony Urias. 
Now, if you don't know the name, Anthony, uh, oh, I forget how long uh, it's been since we first met Anthony, but he he did the photograph that was the cover for our Life After Dark CD. And we've been longtime friends with Anthony. And sadly, uh, he was the victim of a Facebook page hacking that, uh, or hijacking. Yes. That uh, has caused some significant problems. So we're going to talk about that. And even though we talked with Patrick Crispin last week, Patrick's going to join us for a few minutes just to talk about a little bit of some of the things you can do to avoid that kind of thing happening to yeah. you. And then, uh, in fact, our, our own Roger Baddish reported today that his page has been hijacked. Yeah. So it's it's happening a lot. Yeah, I, I, it, it has escalated over the yes. past several months. Then also later tonight, we're going to talk with uh, Tom Appel, uh, talk about uh, some of the cars he's been road testing and uh, answer your, some of your car questions. And um, a bit of a special announcement. Just for a second, I'm going to ask you to uh, turn up your radio volume a little bit and kind of pay attention to what we're going to say because uh we've got some some things coming up and sometimes if you're half listening you kind of misconstrue <laughs> what we're going to say mm-hmm. uh couple things coming up one on october 14th two weeks from tonight that's going to be an unusual show for us because it is going to be partly a best of show but but wait 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 mm-hmm. there's more and partly what we hope will be a really 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 best of show because that night johnny's 50th class reunion is going on right so the first couple hours of the show will be replays of some things we've done before but that night after Johnny's reunion is over, there are very few people that could cause us to say, you know, we're going to come in and do the show, mm-hmm. but Tommy Emmanuel is one of those people. And now, if, if you're longtime listeners, you know who Tommy is. If you've never heard of Tommy, he is not one of. He is the best guitar player you will ever hear. Tommy has been a dear friend for a long time. He's going to be at the Park West that night. Right. And after he finishes up his Park West performance, he's going to come over here, hang out in the studio with us. Which, if you've tuned into some of those nights, you know we have just a big old time with him. He sits down with his guitar, and we have the best seat in the house. I mean, if you have tickets for the Park West show, you're going to love it, because the acoustics are great there. He loves playing that venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to leave there and come here, and we are just tickled because once we get him here, we're going to close the door, lock the door, yep. and we're going to keep him here. And then on Sunday, he's going to head up to Milwaukee. He's going to be up, uh, Shank Hall, I, I believe. believe, on Sunday night. Yeah. He's going to be doing a show. So, so that night, we're guessing roughly from 9 to 11, our show is probably going to be a best of. Mm-hmm. Then we'll come in live at about 11 o'clock. Uh, and uh, from 11 until as long as we can keep Tommy when <laughs> yes. he gets here. 
And the irony is that's one of those Saturday nights that we don't have a Blackhawks game that we're bumped up against because that's going to happen next week. And there are various Saturdays throughout the season that we're going to be starting a little bit later. But that night is not the case at all. They're doing like an afternoon game or something. But we hope that you will tune in and that you will get close to your radio sometime right around 11 o'clock. And also we should mention we have just uh, firmed up that from the middle of October until the middle of November, we're going to be taking you on the road with us. We're going down to uh, the Panhandle. We're going to be hanging out in Panama City Beach, Florida. And as we did uh, back in May and April, mm-hmm. we're going to be broadcasting live from the uh, the college radio station that we consult down there. So that's going to be kind of fun and we're going to have some some local performers down there that we introduced you to jack and jen they now have a new album out mm-hmm. we, we had such positive reaction the last time uh, they were yeah. on but their album wasn't on the last time we had them on with us so they'll be on with us so that's uh, just a little bit of what's coming up over the next couple of weeks and when we talk about being at a college radio station let me tell you guys this is top flight first class the equipment they have on this station is jaw-dropping. It's Gulf Coast State College. It's, it's uh, their beautiful. campus in Panama City, Florida, which yeah. is across the Hathaway Bridge from Panama City Beach. And their radio station is WKGC, and it is just a, a state-of-the-art facility. Yeah. yeah, so it's a real treat to be able to go into the college on a Saturday night mm-hmm. where they leave the lights on just for us. They really do. In fact, I'll never forget the night that we were leaving the college at about 2.30, and we get stopped by the local security because they weren't used to seeing anybody there. <laughs> and it turned out the guy was a, a Cubs fan. Yeah, his and name so, was Steve, and uh, he was a Cubs fan, yes. and we just talked with him for a while. Yes, and, and finally I said, you know what? I'm really tired. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Can we leave? Yeah. <laughs> but he was happy to have someone to talk to in the middle of the night. Uh, I, I want to take a moment, speaking of someone to talk to, I want to talk to the people who are, are tuning in tonight. We call this our shout-out. And we appreciate the fact that you check us out on Facebook and you find out what we have coming up on the show and you tell us where you're going to be listening from. In some cases, you tell us how you're going to be listening. And some people, thankfully, are listening the old-fashioned way on their transistor radios. A lot of folks are listening on their phones. Many people are saying, well, I listen on the computer because I happen to be in Colorado or Florida or New Jersey. So tonight we want to say... Right at the top, Chuck Snitchler, who is, as I always say, the best friend to this radio station. He goes above and beyond to stay on top of everything that's happening here at the radio station. And he has a very active Facebook page that keeps you all the fans of WGN Radio and Television up to date. And Chuck is one of my favorite people because, Steve, he is celebrating fall Halloween. I love that. Yeah, I've seen some of his Who posts. needs Halloween when you can celebrate fall Halloween? So I'm right there with you, Chuck. I've already done my Halloween tree, and we may just be unveiling that later tonight. Uh, I want to say hi to Jim Gajewski. He writes at uh, 312-981-7200. Great hearing you. I wait all week to hear you and your show every Saturday. Oh, how sweet. And he says, I appreciate you. I'm listening at home in Aurora on my AM radio. So thank you, Jim. Norb Rosansky is also in Aurora listening to us. Judy B's in Oak Lawn. Patrice Tentari is one of our top fans. And Patrice, thank you for your sweet messages throughout the week. Gene Jacobson is a regular listener in Milwaukee. Uh, Stan Krifka, 
Ron Oltman is in Sycamore. Lloyd Moncrief in Ottawa. One of our top fans in Bridgeport is Brian Lefebvre. Hey, Brian. Sharon Malone is listening in K-Town, which is actually Kenosha, K-Town. Uh, Bobby Danos is our buddy in Sandwich. He's tuned in. Artie uh, Schnitzer is in DeWitt, Iowa. I hope I... I didn't botch your name, Artie. Uh, Kathy Lennon is tuned in. Linda Obremsky is in Plano. And Joan Bloom is in Greenville, South Carolina. Robin Aiken is in Port Charlotte, Florida. Sandy McConnor is in Michigan City, Indiana. John Couture is in Warren, Michigan. Beverly Goodall is tuned in. Liz Roth is in Lafayette. Richard Vanna is in New Buffalo, Michigan. And quickly, let me mention Lisa Haas and Nancy Holmes and Sherry's in Morris. And actually, that's Morris. darling. <laughs> Gina's in Colorado. Thanks for tuning in, Gina. Susan with a Z's in Downers Grove. Don is in Kalamazoo. And Donnie is listening in Janesville. Just a few of the people tuned in tonight. And we thank you. And we would like you to uh, to bookmark a couple pages. One is the blog that uh, Johnny mentioned earlier. That's stephenjohnny.wordpress.com. The other is our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. And spell it S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E-S-H-O-W. And if you go to our Facebook page, you will see that Johnny posted some pictures as we were driving in tonight. And... some really interesting pictures. Uh, it was a little, uh, as we got closer to the downtown area, there was this, uh, well, first, there's some pictures looking in a window. Well, I had to, I was bored sitting at the stoplight. We sat there for five minutes, so I just started taking pictures of everything around me, including apartments. And this was uh, the, they've got some construction going on right at oh. Grand when you get off Lakeshore Drive. And we took some pictures of the construction, and uh, well, so they're all on our Facebook page. Not the most exciting pictures, but it's cool to see what the city looks like on a Saturday night, and it's alive and kicking. we got a lot coming up. We're going to be talking with Max Armstrong, so stay with us on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putnam at WGN Radio. George Strait sing a song about the heartland, and we couldn't think of a better song to introduce. The one and only Max Armstrong. How do you like that? George Strait did that song for you. Good, good. Let us just, uh, for those people who are saying, Max Armstrong, I think I recognize that voice. Yeah. The pride of Owensville, Indiana. And I I have to say this, Max. Graduate of Purdue, because I know we're in college football season. Uh, In fact, he was recognized as an old master at Purdue University, right, Max? <laughs> yeah, a few years back. Yeah, it was, yeah. was kind of neat. I got the got the ride at the Boilermaker Special. I, <laughs> that's the locomotive, you know, that goes yeah. across campus. Oh my gosh! And I said to Steve as we were preparing for our show tonight, I said, "You know, Max and Paul Harvey have something in con- common. Very." Absolutely. And I, as we talked about this, I absolutely agree with this, and I don't mean to embarrass you, Max, but... You and Paul Harvey are really the most respected broadcasters that I know, and I think, hands down, to farmers around the world, you are incredibly respected, and 
you know, you keep doing what you're doing. Max, when we talked to you last, you were announcing your retirement in early summer. And now I keep looking on Facebook, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and you're all <laughs> you're over the place. <laughs> hey, you know, Mr. Samuelson proved it's hard to stop doing that. Yes. But, uh, Yes. You know, it's it's so much fun being out with the farmers. That's what I've really enjoyed, as you guys know, over the years. And it was such a privilege being in the studio working with you guys. And that's, that's something that comes to mind, you know, about this hybrid work routine. And a lot of people don't ever go into a workplace yeah. anymore. I keep thinking, Stephen, Johnny, what I would have missed had I not spent all of those years in the studio with you guys, with Uncle Bobby, with all of the wonderful personalities that we had the privilege of working with, yeah. what I would have missed and what I would not have learned about our industry. And, and I wonder about this generation of the workplace that, that maybe rarely sees uh, the folks that they're working with. I, you know, it's, it was such a, a blessing for me personally, I think. Well, Max, I'll share with you something that I don't know that we've shared with the uh, the listeners. When... WGN Management talked to us about coming back to do this show. They bent over backwards. They were, they were so nice. Uh, and they said, you can even do the show from home. And we both said, no, we want to come in and do the show from the studio. There is a different vibe when you are yeah. here and, and yeah. you're able to interact with, with the people at the station. And, or aggravate your colleagues, as well, Max did that. for years. <laughs> yeah. At the, the, the crack of dawn, what was it, about 10 minutes to 5 in the morning, and you would roll in there, raring to go. And I'd finished up a five- or six-hour broadcast, and you came in just poking fun, <laughs> left and right. <laughs> Bouncing off the wall. Yeah, I yes. just uh, ingested a, a full, a high-octane Mountain Dew on my way <laughs> That's down, right, man. yes. I was ready for you, kid. <laughs> That's right. And you know what's weird, Max? We were talking about the fact that it was September of 1985 when we interviewed you for the very first time on a Saturday night. You know where you were? Oh, yeah, I was at the Farm Aid concert. I believe it was September 20. Second. Yes. Yes. The, the very day and a rainy night. Everybody yes. soaked, and you could you could see them under tarps and under uh, garbage bags out over the floor of the University of Illinois Stadium. There, the undulating <laughs> floor of, of the stadium as the as they were playing. Of course, it was in the midst of the uh, depression, the agriculture depression. Yeah. Sure. A terrible, terrible time in the ag community. And that was the the very first farm aid, and nobody knew if it was going to be a success, but it started off with a, a few newcomers, uh, this Bob Dylan guy, Willie and Nelson, Willie Nelson <laughs> yeah. and uh, John Mellencamp, and, uh, and went on from there. And we were yeah. doing we were doing a Saturday night show at that point, and I think it was like nine o'clock at night. And you said, "I am drenched. I just can't wait to get in out of the rain." Nineteen eighty five. Yeah, it was a chilly day and a very very rainy day, but one one that was certainly unforgettable by all means. Hey, while we're talking about the ag community, we may have some folks in the field yet at this hour. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, in a good harvest period, when folks have the opportunity to get out and and uh, bring the crop in, just keep them in mind as you're going down the rural roads. If you're cutting through the countryside and you're going around the hills and 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 curves, just remember on the other side there could be a big piece of farm equipment. And I, 
I want to recognize also the terrible tragedy in uh, South Central Illinois. Yes. Oh, down yeah. on Highway 40 from the anhydrous ammonia accident there. It's a it's a fertilizer that we use, still use for corn production to a great extent yet in the Midwest, although many of our farmers are trying to get away from it and try to find other ways to deliver nitrogen to their crops. Nitrogen is something that is badly needed, but... Uh, hauling it in these tanks and handling it has been a, a challenge uh, mm-hmm. to do it carefully. We had a, a high-profile case in the northern suburbs a few years ago, right up in Lake County, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, you know, I mean, that just that was early in the morning when a when a tank came loose, and so it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a dangerous crop production product, one that we still need, but we need to keep those folks in uh, our thoughts and prayers down in that area the farming community, and all of those who live nearby that accident. Yes, yes. And, and uh, speaking of the farming community, for anyone who wonders why we used George Strait's Heartland song, uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about with Max tonight is that he has his second book out. It is called More Stories from the Heartland. And Max, i got to tell you, we're not just talking to you because we have this long friendship. This is a great book. I really, really like this book. I love what you did with it. More stories from the heartland. You can uh, check it out at maxarmstrongbook.com. And uh, uh, one of the things that we say when we get to this time of the year is as the shadow gets longer, the signal gets gets stronger. stronger. Yeah. Listening from South Dakota right now. Hearing us the old-fashioned way, no internet is needed. We're coming in loud and clear. A listener in the 605 area code checks in. And, Max, we're hearing from listeners saying, oh, golly, I miss that Max Armstrong. I miss Max and Orion. I learned so much about agriculture, thanks to Max. And and that's that's a fact. And, you know, I'm sure there are... There have been times over the years when people said, why is a station in Chicago doing farm broadcasting? But it was wildly popular for for four decades, right, Max? Yeah, yeah. You know, we served an important audience, uh, both in the country and in the city. You know, you have to think of the major trading center that Chicago was and is, although (laughs) this remains to be seen. What's going to happen with the remainder of the the futures community that the Chicago Board of Trade, because the, the mayor wants to tax them. Oh. And the DME is saying, hey, we could easily pull the plug on this. Yeah. You know, the, there's no trading that takes place down at LaSalle and Jackson anymore. The, the big computer sitting 35 miles west in Aurora right. is where the CME group really <laughs> is now. And, and, and that's and, been uh, the case know, for years, I think, right? Yeah, and not too long. Not too long. I mean, they vacated the pits. Uh, I don't know. I think the last of them moved out of there maybe five or six years ago. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, when I when I arrived in Chicago with Orion, I think there were five thousand people right directly in the trading community. You know, jammed uh, elbow to elbow, face to face. Yeah, down there. But correct me if I'm wrong. Miraculous place. Correct me if I'm wrong. When you first joined WGN, wasn't Chicago one of the only major markets? where you had multiple stations doing farm programs. I don't recall that uh, that New York had a major pro, uh, thing for farmers, or but in Chicago you had certainly WGN, you had uh, LS, uh, JJD, for all of all of whom did major farm-oriented programs. 
Well, they had all given up the ghost with farm programming when I arrived, by the time I got there. You know, actually, what happened, you know, when they pulled the plug over at the Big 89 in 1960, when Prairie Farmer... Mm-hmm. So, oh, by the way, there's a Prairie Farmer no trespassing sign in my book. As a yes. yes. You can see the W I love it. Uh, call letters on it. We had one hanging on a gate on our farm. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, but when Prairie Farmer pulled the plug there, Ward Qual at the WGN Continental Broadcasting Company immediately went to Green Bay, got Orion Samuelson, brought him down in uh, the fall of 1960, and that's when WGN really became in into the farm era, and that's when you, you had Captain Stubby and Charles Homer Bill yeah. kissing it goodbye over at WLS. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and that was the end of it. You know, it was just mm-hmm. WGN from there on doing farm programming. And part of the success was due to the fact that this is, remember when we used to talk about it being a clear channel station, so like the people who are listening in South Dakota tonight, you had the farmers that were literally tuned in because they could hear. They could hear the station. They could hear you guys. Yeah, yeah. And we did several things, too, Johnny, to try to reach out to the Chicago audience, uh, you know, with with our old friend Ron the Bee Man on quite yes. often. And there's a story on him in the book. I'm so happy you included he... him in the book because he yeah. became a friend to our show and he would join right. us regularly to talk about bees. And I'm glad you told his story and you have the picture of Ron the Bee Man as depicted by Richard Avedon, mm-hmm. right, the photographer? Yeah. And yeah, the same photographer. Yeah. An incredible picture of Ron covered in bees. And I was tickled when I picked up your book, and there was Ron the Bee Man. Have you heard from him? Does he know he's in the book? Just saw him a week ago yesterday. Oh. Out at, uh, I was out at the tractor show at Geneseo, Illinois, and yeah. he lives out in the area on his farm, and uh, he came to see me. And uh, In fact, I'll uh, send along a picture to you. I, mean, I took of him. He was up on my tractor. Oh, good. <laughs> so one of the, he's out on the Super M that I had out there. And, uh, uh-huh. He's doing great. Did, did he did he think your tractor is sexy? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Obviously enough that he got up on the seat. <laughs> you know, Max, we're talking about your book, and, and I have to share with you one of the things that I love about this book. Now, this is your second book. But to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, this book you start off with a little more personal uh, reflections, a little more from from your past uh, of your family uh, your growing up and uh, some of your own experiences and then of course you, you get into some of the other people that, that you met uh, traveling the country but i like your own personal reflections and pictures in the book i think that's fun yeah there was some in the first book also about mom and dad mm-hmm. and uh, but i think it's you know there's a little more about linda in this book and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, oh, I, you know, I, I, I can't even begin to, to, to talk about you know what she has meant to me, of course, and and the book is dedicated to her. Mm-hmm. As uh, we've been we've been married uh, almost forty two years now, oh. not quite, but <laughs> almost. Uh, and and you know, there's there's a very personal story about my dad. The day the FBI called me about my dad, yeah, yeah, and and it, he was being scammed by the scam artists and. Uh, you know, by that time, Mom, I think, was in the nursing home, and Dad was in the old farmhouse by himself, and there was a, an enclave of scam artists working out of eastern Canada. And they would get elderly folks in the United States on the phone and endear themselves to them and convince them that if they would uh, wire money 
to Canada, they could be eligible for a jackpot. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, by this stage in my life, my dad was like some other elderly folks. He was very susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. And we were tipped off by a merchant who called the FBI and said, hey, I think this, this elderly gentleman is being scammed. And the FBI agent called me there at the Tribune Tower, told mm-hmm. me at the studio. I came back, and there was this message. Uh, Mr. Armstrong, uh, this is Ed Warren from, uh, from the FBI. I just need to talk to you about your dad. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after going through the experience, I told Linda, you fully expect to get a call from the authorities about your offspring. But, <laughs> <laughs> but not your dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't expect the FBI to call you about your father. <laughs> yeah, wow. And the interesting thing is this was long before the Internet. So scammers have been yeah. around since the beginning of time. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, they just have different methods. And I guess yeah. I put it in there partially as a cautionary tale yep. to, uh, to have folks keeping an eye you know, on elderly, and, and I will be very honest with you, and I've, I've looked at this with our offspring, too. Uh, had I not had the power of attorney, had Brother Steve and I not had the power of attorney and the ability to take control of Dad's assets, he would have lost, you know, he probably wouldn't have been able to stay out on the farm and in the farmhouse. Wow. Um, I, mean, he, I think he lost about 30000 so it wasn't, <gasps> oh, you know, an insurmountable oh. sum. But, wow. you know, if if we hadn't been able to bring it to a stop, you know, oh it, it, it would uh, it would have been one of those very, very, very difficult things. To, and it was a it was a difficult conversation to have with him, as sure. you can imagine. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you take nothing else from this conversation tonight, that is something he's speaking from experience. We're talking with Max Armstrong. His new book is More Stories from the Heartland. You can uh, find it by going to Max Armstrong Book. Dot com And those of you who have been listening to us for a long time know that we can never talk to Max without doing this. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> man, oh man. Oh, come on in, boys. They're going to shake it up one side and right down the other. <laughs> Is that a shiny dime you've got in your pocket? (laughs) Or are you just counting your change? That's right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Bill Doggett will live on in our memory of some of those great moments. And and for those of you, I can still see it. When you you play that, Steve, I can see that 45. They had it on a Voice of Music record changer. And he would hold the microphone down there. And uh, it was one of those, it would be a sweaty August night. He had his handkerchief tied over the microphone <laughs> and wrapped around a rubber band to hold it on there. I would start talking Southern Indiana when I, when I describe it, don't I? You do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was at the county fair when the head t- show would roll into town and every, every young boy yeah, wanted did- to go. Right down past the Tilda World, they had three girly shows, believe it or not. Three? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how many of them did you see, Max? <laughs> well, no, 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 nothing, Steve, none of that stuff. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, hey, before, while I'm thinking about it, I, I want to mention Steve Alexander and uh, Diane Montiel, who helped me as they worked with you. Yes. Uh, on your wonderful yeah. book a few years ago. And, you know, they do so much heavy lifting, and they're just a great couple and uh, without them i wouldn't have been able to have done either one of these books and there is an audio book for this one by the way i should point out 
And uh, let me just say that I elaborate a little bit, but not exaggerate in some of the stories mm. as compared to what's in the book. Excellent. Well, speaking of Steve Alexander, some folks may not know when they hear Steve. Uh, in fact, I look forward to every Friday he does the business of uh, food with Jim mm-hmm. Frizzell. I adore Jim because he's been around this radio station forever, and he's just so knowledgeable. But Steve Alexander, one of your publishers, is the brother of Lyle Dean. And a listener texts and says, can Max tell us how Lyle Dean was involved with the Max and Orion show? And he did fill in for you guys, didn't he? Well, yeah, we worked together, but but there was a period of time. We did an early satellite farm tv channel oh, yes and lyle worked with us closely on that in helping set that up it was short-lived mm-hmm. unfortunately it was a little bit ahead of its time quite frankly right but then he also managed what was called the tribune radio network mm-hmm. you know back to the day tribune radio network fed the cubs and the bears and the max and orion mm-hmm. to a whole bunch of radio stations uh, all across the heart of the country in fact um, both Orion and, and I were, were on stations elsewhere, like WHAM in Rochester, mm-hmm. WGY Schenectady. Uh, I, I aired uh, every morning early on WSM in Nashville, mm-hmm. back to me, in the late 80s and 90s. And so you know, a lot of that came out of the studio, you know, right down the, down the hall from Studio A. So right. uh, Lyle worked with us in that regard back in the day. All right. I want to take you back to, again, when you were just a boy. And as I recall, you talked about being like eight or nine years old, and you had this hankering to be on the radio. You would even go into a closet and and read copy and pretend like you were on the radio. Seriously, Max, what was it about radio that spoke to you there in southern Indiana that made you want to do this with your life? I'm sure the same. it was the same thing with you two. Uh, but, you know, I sat down there, and, and Brother Steve and I had the corner room, the northeast corner room in that farmhouse. So over on his windowsill, there was an AM-FM radio. But, and, and, you know, both of us would fall asleep. Now, Steve is six years older than I. Mm-hmm. And we would fall asleep listening to Ron Riley at night on WLS. Sure. You know, as, the, as, that, as that signal came in so crystal clear there. And, uh you know, I mean, we were talking about the early '60s. You know, mm-hmm. when you had Clark and uh, and Art Roberts and Ron Riley, and uh, you know, it was rock and roll, and we were we were into it. At that yeah. mm-hmm. and it was, you know, it was a crystal clear signal coming in there. And I'd I'd go into the closet, and have a chair in there, and a record player. And I think a lot of other people in our business got started in a similar way. I, for me, it was just in an old farmhouse, sitting in the closet, <laughs> and I would pick up the newspaper and read the paper as if I were a newsman. I just like. You know, I'd act like I was playing into the camera. <laughs> so when when did you get this voice? Were you, like, early into puberty, or when did it happen? <laughs> you know, what's funny is I, I've only got, I guess I've only achieved the voice that I always wanted in about the last five years. Oh, come on! <laughs> but, but one, of, one of my favorite stories was how I got to do a national Ford truck spot. Oh, yes. And you may remember this. Yes. I, it was when, yeah, it, it was when uh, the, the Bulls were three-peating and they were in the old Chicago Stadium. I went over there and to talk to the person next to you, you, you had the scream at the top of your lungs, and I damaged the vocal cord. And all winter long, well, I, was, I was waiting to get the surgery done. I had to wait because Orion was on the road all winter long, and uh they needed three weeks. I had to have three weeks of recuperation time mm-hmm. after having that surgery. 
uh, with otolaryngologist Dr. Robert Bastian, the guy who yep. also worked on Paul Harvey. Yes. yep, that's right. And Steve yep. King. And, and, and me too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. remember Dr. Bastian very well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, goodness. And, and uh, so anyway, I was hoarse that whole winter. I was raspy, and I hated being on the air. And <laughs> this guy calls me, and he says, hey, man, he said, I want you to go to a national spot. We've got the Winter Olympics coming up. I've got a Ford F-150 spot. I said, oh, man, I, I can't. I sound like crap. He said, yeah, I know. I heard you every morning. <laughs> I love that. He wanted you sounding all raspy and tough. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in those days, you know, you'd go to a cattle call to do, to you know, yeah. apply for a voiceover spot. I said, I've, I've got business reports here. I can't go stand in line and, mm-hmm. and cut a script. He said, no, no, no. He said, I've got the time reserved. Go over to the regular building, up the whatever it was, fourth floor, he said, they'll be waiting on you. Just give them a couple of reads and leave. Mm. And, and it ran between Harding and Kerrigan skating on that Wednesday night, which yes. I believe to that time was the most watched Wednesday night in television history up to that point. Yeah, wow. that's true. It was, it, it was fun. Yeah, I had people, actually, and I had people coming up to me. I mean, I was getting these little after checks for, for six months for $5.99 and <laughs> $3.75 that spot was running in Birmingham or somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's a great story. And I remember that, too. But speaking of cars, I self uh, selfishly, I loved the fact that you have some pictures of some 60s Pontiacs in oh, the book, yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I ran into those in a, in a shed up in southern Wisconsin. I was doing actually doing some, some television work for RFD TV up there, and I walked into the other room, and I thought, oh. Uh oh, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I my GTO went by the wayside long ago, but it doesn't stop me from uh, lusting after someone else now. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you, but the car that I would still have is a '66 Pontiac Bonneville convertible that was my. It was longer than three uh, three city blocks. It was my favorite car. I would still have it today. Except back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, I was working down at Indianapolis, drove up to Chicago to see my brother, came out the next morning, and some drunk had smashed into the car behind me, smashed my car into the car in front of me, and where my long Pontiac was, there was this accordion waiting for me. Oh, no. Yep. I remember those cars. They had those stacked headlights. Uh, yes. DeLorean was the designer, was he not? He John was. The, yes, yeah. that, that's when he was with Pontiac. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of big cars, did you see the story in my book about the Hancock parking garage? <laughs> yes. Oh, boy, could we relate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> round and around and around. Yep. And I almost made it up in there. Not quite. <laughs> but for anybody who's been, and I was just up there about a month ago, and I was in awe of the paint colors that are along the wall, oh, yeah. going up and down that parking garage. That That is cruel and unusual, and I've often thought that the person who designed it was drinking at the time, because it's just so yeah. bad. you got to get your hands on Max's brand new book. It's his second book. It's More Tales from the Heartland. You can find it. Go to Max Armstrong Book. Dot com. And Max, a 312-981-7200, a listener wants to know if they can get the audiobook, you reading your book, at that same uh, address, maxarmstrongbook.com. 
You bet. You can go right there and and, and uh, get it on the website, maxarmstrongbook.com. You can also download digital version of the book. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's available uh, on Kindle and iTunes, and so it's uh, you can get it that way as well. But, yeah, it's kind of fun to read it. I may go yeah. back and read the first book, too. I may do, do a book of yeah. Stories of the Heartland. And, 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 as I said, I don't exaggerate, but on some things I do <laughs> laugh a little and when you get Max's new book, More Stories from the Heartland, you'll see some of Johnny's pictures yes, of Max. Thank in the you book. for using a picture yes. I took of you on page 40 and another one I took of you on page 44. I was just getting ready to give you credit, for that, especially for that one where my ear was uncovered. Yes. Because <laughs> I went to the audiologist a couple of years ago and I said, I know this ear is bad because I always had the headset on. She yeah. said, No, they're. Well, the one's as bad as the other, just a different frequency range. Oh, oh, golly. Um, Max, I, I know it's an hour later per you are on the farm, so i, I got to squeeze a lot in here. A listener says, hi, kids. One of Max's community commitments was as a longtime commissioner at the Lyle Woodridge Fire District during my career there as a firefighter paramedic. Please thank him and tell him hello from Eddie Cruz. And he says, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, he and I, we were so blessed to be a part of a wonderful organization. And it still is. It's yeah. still got tremendous, talented people. But but Eddie was one of those guys who really helped make it an outstanding organization. We were the first fire district in the United States to oh achieve the ISO 1 certification. That's the highest insurance rating you can get. And there, there are a couple of stories about the fire district in the book, yeah. including... Eddie, Eddie's former chief. I mentioned this story about him. <laughs> huh. Well, Eddie says that Max got me hooked on WGN Radio, so we thank you for that, Max. And now Eddie's tuned in to us on a Saturday night. Uh, this... I love the fact that you've also got some pictures from some of the uh, the Pumpkin Fest broadcasts in your book. <laughs> yes. The um, same. It was the same day that I think you posted something I did. Uh, a few days ago. On yes, yeah, yes, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, last it Saturday was the very night. Same day. Yeah, that was. So, and I think you pointed out that we had different colored sweatshirts for different years, and so that's how we can kind of. And it just so happened last <laughs> week when I posted those pictures, I realized it was thirty years ago. We'd we'd done that pumpkin yeah. fest with with Jim Gobert from uh, Gobert's Pumpkin Farm. And and there is a photograph of Mr. Gobert yes. in the book as well. Yes. Uh, you know, he just passed this uh, this summer. We lost him this year. I listened from a 219 area code said Max and I are of a different age group, you could say, but I do remember taking trips from northwest Indiana down to McCormick's Creek State Park, which I'm yeah. sure is in the area where he grew up. Hmm. It's a little bit north, yeah. It's not quite as far to south as, uh, you know, I grew up near Kentucky. <laughs> I, I, you know... <laughs> I, we told Kentucky and jokes when I was growing up. And, <laughs> and Max, for it. in all fairness, you told plenty of Kentucky jokes on the radio, too, because we would hear <laughs> from the folks who'd say, that Max well, Armstrong is really disparaging us Kentucky folks. Well, well, in fact, there's a fun there's a fun map that I have in the book called the Dang Map. <laughs> it's where Dang gets used in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I pointed out I was, in, I was in kind of a transitional Dang area there, but if you went into Kentucky <laughs> Tennessee, you were in full-fledged dang region. And because I'm from Frog Jump, Tennessee, I dang all the time. I just, you know, I'm all, I, and people are laughing at me. I said, what, you don't say dang, too? Come on. <laughs> Did you see the story about Don Vogel and yes. Uh, yes. 
Yes. I knew you both had worked with those two guys, and it, I, I, I just, I always marveled at both of them. Both of them were legally blind. Uh, Don was born uh, yeah. without sight, and Bill uh-huh. Jurek, we knew him before he lost his sight and afterwards. Um, and he worked here at this radio station just as Don Vogel did. But, Steve, you go back to the very early days of oh, Don yeah. Vogel. Uh, my, literally, my first job in radio at WJOB in Hammond. Uh, the middle of the night, I get this call from this guy he was calling in because i had just played a jimmy reed song and we started talking about blues long story short uh he called back several nights found out that he wanted to get into radio but he thought it was it would be difficult because he was blind and i kept talking with him and said you know give it a shot and the worst you can get is a no we talked over several years and long story short we later worked together when he was on the air at WIND, and he was just a terrific guy. One of my favorite things was yeah. after he had left WGN, and he was up in Minneapolis doing afternoon drive, and they had this billboard saying, drive home with a blind guy. <laughs> and that was he had this wonderful sense of humor. He, he was an amazing he guy. But I'm yeah, glad, I'm glad you... I'm yes. sorry? KSTP. That's right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'm glad you mentioned those guys, though, because just watching them in action were just, it was jaw-dropping. Yeah. Uh, to it have, really was. You'd see them coming down or getting off the bus yeah. on Michigan Avenue, and then working their way into the building or around the building. Bill went on over to the, the NBC Tower to do some work. But mm-hmm. I, I tell the story about one day he was in the studio with me, and he had his dog Samson with him. And Bill said, wait, 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 wait a minute. we got to stop this. Samson was snoring in the background. The mic <laughs> yes. was picking him up. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me think of the days when we had a big water dispenser behind my microphone, yes. <laughs> behind me, and Max would enjoy coming into the studio and lifting that five-gallon bottle of water so that it would glug, glug, glug on the air behind me. And it sounded exactly like... Um, in the men's room. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Like I was broadcasting yeah. from the men's room. <laughs> and, and I sort of approached the bottle as if I were in the middle. You did. <laughs> you sure did. Well, well you know, I, I really do count my blessings of, of getting, and I'm very serious about this. Because I heard you both before I got to work with you, and uh, it was just a privilege for me to, to be a part of our team and to work with you guys and to still hear you on the radio. Uh-huh. It's just uh, That's so neat. I think, you know, we've always been a part of families, WGN has. Yeah. We've, we've been considered a part of families when, when things happen to us, people yeah. experience it with us. And yeah. it's a very special place it always has been. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I... I hope it comes across in this book. It's my book of Thanksgiving. Just so thankful for the people that I've worked with and been around and encountered and the farmers that I've, uh, you know, I've been at their kitchen table and, and in the, the cabs of their uh, tractors and combines. I, I just hope everyone, uh, that comes across whenever they uh, have a chance to share my book. Yep. Again, you can get the book. Go to maxarmstrongbook.com. Max, it is always fun to talk to you. I hope next time you're going to be in Chicago, you let us know, and maybe we can uh, get together and be in the same place at the same time. I'd love to do that. I get back there pretty often, as it turns out. <laughs> still, still making a few appearances, still working on our television show, so I'm yeah. be recorded in Batavia. He's the busiest retired guy I know. <laughs> Again, <laughs> you think you are, Mrs. Armstrong? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Congratulations on the new book, Max. You've got a lot to be proud of, and we're just proud to call you a friend. So thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you both. You take care. Stay healthy. You too. Bye-bye now. 
on Facebook. Steve King and Johnny Putman. I would think a lot of people listening to us right now are hooked on Facebook. They Face- deny it, yeah, as that, I do. Facebook has been a part of our uh, social media mindset and, and really one of the major players in our social media mindset for, what, since... What, Over a decade. Yeah. How long has Facebook been around? I, I don't know. The mid-90s, I think? Yeah. Well, we'll find out, I'm sure. Anyhow, uh, th- those of you who are on Facebook... Really hope you'll pay attention because we're going to give you a cautionary tale and hopefully give you some some things to think about to make your Facebook experience a little safer because increasing over the past year and sort of increasing even more over the past six months, a lot of people's Facebook pages are being hijacked and to to amplify this story we want to bring in a longtime friend of ours uh, those of you who are longtime listeners know the name anthony urius anthony uh, was the man who was nice enough to come up with an extraordinary photo that we used on our life after dark cd anthony how many years ago was that uh well i took that photo i believe it was in was it 97 when the Tribune turned 150? And that's why it was all decorated with the pink and yeah. blue lights. And the and you went yeah. across the river and and got this amazing shot. In fact, I think we could post a cover of our CD tonight so people can see it for those yeah, who don't will. have it and, and their possession. And you're kind enough to let us use it because it was perfect. It was perfect for our CD it cover. Is, it is still one of the, the favorite pictures that I've ever taken. Well, I'm happy that we've been able to stay in touch, and Facebook is partly to thank for that because, you know, I've been in touch with relatives that, that frankly, I never even knew, and friends and and colleagues. Uh, when we stopped working here full time, we were able to keep up with our friends and colleagues, and you're one of those people. And we had a little exchange earlier this week because something really infuriating happened to you. You want to lay it on us, Anthony? Absolutely. So uh, my mother, unfortunately, uh, passed away. It's been six years now. And we've been able to continue to use her Facebook account in order to still talk to the people that she was friends with, her mm-hmm. her coworkers, her best friends, uh, you know, occasionally post photos or even just let people wish her a happy birthday and, and remembrances of her. Um, and and. So we've we've kept that going as a family since she's been gone. But I got the first phone call Monday morning uh, asking me who Maxine was. That's mm-hmm. not my mother's name. And all of a sudden, my mother's account was no longer my mother's account. Now, your mother was a friend of mine. So on uh, that morning... I see that there was activity on her page. So I went there and I did a screenshot of the page and I sent it to you and I said, what's going on? Because this person that hijacked your mother's Facebook page 
actually went through and wherever your mother's name was, she changed the first name to this Maxine character, but kept your last name and kept you listed as her son. And your son, Michael, is her grandson. And her work history is your mother's work history. And gradually she went through and took your mother's pictures and replaced your mother's name with her name. And I was infuriated as I watched this happening, as I know you were, and also saddened because you're like, no, this is just so wrong. Why are you doing this? And I know a lot of you are thinking, well, can't you just report this to Facebook and won't they take the appropriate action? Well, I did, as did your friends when you posted on your page. Would you please do me this favor and report this as a fake Facebook page? And what happens is... Facebook apparently went to her page and looked at it and said, well, sorry, it looks legitimate to us. See, the, the reason being is I don't know how they got into her account initially, um, but then this person um, that states they're from, it's, it's a, it states that it's a woman from Bangkok, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I can only assume that that's not who's actually running it behind the scenes. Uh, you know, this person has has gone in and and changed so many things, including immediately the email address and the phone number that oh. were attached to the account. So you so could have gotten in if she hadn't done that. You could have gotten into your mother's account and tried to save it, right? Presumably, yes. yeah. Uh, but that was the first thing that this person did was mm. change that information. And it's now valid information. The emails are going to somebody that that responds to them. And the phone number is a valid phone number that they can send a a verification to a text in order to get proof that that is the person. But Mm -hmm. it's not the right information. And my mother joined in 2009. And Mm -hmm. these hijackers don't want to just create uh, a Facebook account for today because when, when somebody goes and wants to look at your Facebook history, they can see when you joined. Mm-hmm. When when you go to join these, you know, other pages and groups, your join date uh, shows up there, right. and you have a lot more credit, um, street cred, I mm-hmm. guess, Facebook yeah. cred. Yeah. Uh, the longer that your account has been around, and so my mother joined in 2009, and that's the attraction to these people to hijack an account so that it looks like you've been a member of Facebook since 2009. Because that's one of the first things I will do anytime I get a a friend request from someone that I may already be friends with, I'll go and I'll look at this new page, and chances are their posts only go back maybe a week or a month. So if they can get a legacy account Mm -hmm. that's been around for a long time, it gives a whole lot more credibility. Right, more valuable. And so, Anthony, do I understand you to say that there was the two-step verification on your mother's page, but because her information had been changed, you that was not activated, that was not, you were not able to use that? So I do have the two-step verification on my Facebook account, uh, but I did not have the two-step verification on her account. Okay, so it and was easy for her to change the phone number. Yes. So, so lesson, num- lesson number one from this conversation, two-step verification. Yes, it is an extra step, but boy, do 
you need to do it. This is so. It will save you. It's so frustrating. I, I know if I was angry every time I went to that page, you must have just been incensed to see this woman in in Bangkok claiming that she worked at Weiss Hospital in Chicago as your mother did, yeah. and then to see that that is your last name. It's just infuriating, and she's just putting up these ridiculous posts like, uh, uh, "I I need to chat with you, chat with me." And as I said to you in a, a text earlier this week, you wonder what in the world do they have to gain from this well i've learned there's money to be made huh who knew it's one thing to be hacked this is different this is being hijacked having everything that is yours taken away from you we're talking about facebook and facebook hijacking and we're talking with our friend anthony urias who is uh, nice enough to do an extraordinary photo that we used on our Life After Dark CD many years ago. And if you go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny show, we have just posted a picture of that Life After Dark CD cover with the incredible uh, picture that Anthony took. And if you're wondering, no, that was not Photoshop. That is the way the Tribune Tower looked at that point when they were right. celebrating their anniversary. And just think, Anthony, that was before AI, where you could say, decorate the Tribune Tower and make it look pretty. You did that, as did the people who decorated the Tribune Tower. This was not artificial intelligence, right? Well, that was an amazing feat for them, which yeah. is why everybody loved it so much. I mean, they, they put like a month of work into all the colored fluorescent tubes in every window of the building to to do that. And you literally went to the south side of the Chicago River uh, on uh, Michigan and Wacker, and you you took the picture looking back at the Tribune Tower. Yeah, and at that point, you know, we the the cameras were still the older SLRs and. Yeah. You had the shutter open in order to capture enough light, and so there was a tripod. And, you know, nowadays people can pick up their phone and, yeah. and take a fairly good picture. But back then, it was really difficult to capture that picture. Yeah. And, and I had to take hundreds in order to get one that looked that good. And, and, and again, we can it never thank it. you <laughs> enough. Yes. So, so we're talking about uh, the hijacking, not hacking, the hijacking of anthony's late mom's facebook page so point number one always 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 do two-factor verification and i know it can be cumbersome especially if you get locked out of your account and now you have to get a text or you have to get a code so you can get back in but again the bad guys don't have your phone number they don't have that code so they can't get in if you're using two-factor verification now another thing i think we should mention and anthony i'm curious did you hear from anybody that was offering up information about a guy who could get that facebook page back for you because there are these recovery scammers out there and I see this quite often. Somebody will say, something's happened to my Facebook account, and then there will be multiple posts. We'll call my guy, and they put up a phone number, and it turns out that this is somebody that wants money from you. And or it could be someone who is working with the person the that guys. hijacked your page. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear from anybody like that? I've seen people that have had that situation, and I know what those posts look like, but I have not received any messages 
and none of my family members or her friends have received any messages asking for something that would get the account back for us. Yeah, because they can't do that. So if somebody does offer you help and you're just so flustered because you've contacted Facebook and nobody's doing anything for you to make it right, when they offer up a phone number or an email for somebody that's going to make it all right for you, don't bite. Do not go there. These people cannot do that for you. It just doesn't happen. Now, you've obviously contacted Facebook. Did you hear the same thing that I heard when I reported your mother's page as being bogus? Absolutely. We've now gotten hundreds of replies from Facebook, all saying that they have verified that this account meets all of their terms. And, you know, one of the many things that I don't understand, and we're going to bring in uh, Patrick Crispin uh, to talk about this in a few minutes, but one of the many things I don't understand, you can't tell me that Facebook doesn't have the technology to go back a month and look at that page and see the difference in that page a month ago and then go back a year ago and two years right. ago. The problem is when, when you're reporting this profile and you go through this process to say that the account has been hijacked, uh, it there's nowhere where you can enter any information. Right. It's all... You get to click this one thing and yeah. click this one thing, yeah. and you, you at no point get to, to make an intelligent comment, because if you could just simply type in, you know, this is a deceased person's account, mm-hmm. um, it was taken over five days ago, like you said, so one person could sit in 10 seconds, see what the account looked like a month ago, realize that this is wrong, and switch it back. It would yep. be so simple, but they don't have any humans doing this. Right, right. Now, we've mentioned from the outset that this was your mother's account and your mother has passed. And a listener suggested, well, why wouldn't you have that Facebook page in memoriam? And I, I suspect that's because if you have it in memoriam, no one can post. No one can give any feedback. Her friends can't say, happy heavenly birthday, Linda, right? Or, or some... So some initially- yeah, six years ago, when she passed, that was the case when there there was a uh, an account that was in memoriam. Now, um, to my understanding, that has changed, and so that people still have the opportunity to post things. I guess there, there's a, a limit to it, it and and there's a limit on who can see those things, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, I guess the 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 main thing is that at the very top where your name is at. They put the word remembering before it, um, and and there's not as much that changes now. So people may want to take that extra step to memorialize an account so that no one can ever log into it again, but they may still be able to put posts on there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And again, if you're listening, you're saying, well, this is not such a big deal. It yeah, is it a is. big deal when it's your family member's history has been taken over i mean your mother's pictures at birthday parties now has this this fake person's name replacing your mother's first name which is crazy and and so this person has gone through and deleted all the you know my mother would occasionally take a new selfie and upload that as her profile picture mm -hmm. 
so, well, yes, we've got lots of pictures of my mother on other people's accounts. My mother took a lot of pictures herself and posted them, and all the pictures that she was in, um, this person has now deleted. And they are likely, even if I were to get the account back, much of that stuff is now already gone forever. Wow. We're talking with our... Our friend Anthony Urias about the uh, hijacking of his late mom's Facebook page. And now joining us is uh, Dr. Patrick Crispin, Director of Educational Technology at the Keck School of Medicine of uh, USC. And Patrick, you've heard most of the story. What's going on here? Uh, Facebook refuses to say, oh, yeah, we see that's been hacked. And certainly the technology is available for them to do that. But there's no living person apparently taking a look at what's going on. And Facebook has had a problem for a long time of responding to hacks or even responding to valid requests. When my father passed away, I asked to memorialize his his Facebook website, I sent them his death certificate. His death certificate death certificate said Robert Crispin. On Facebook, he was Bob Crispin, oh. and since Bob and Robert don't match, they refused to memorialize his page. His page is still alive. Oh, my gosh. So it, it's just Facebook and Meta just not responding. The hacked Facebook accounts are really common, and the older the account is, actually the more valuable it is. There's a huge ring of people in Vietnam who are stealing these so that they can get an existing account because the longer an account exists, the more trustworthy it is on the Internet and in Facebook and in Meta and Instagram and everywhere else. And then they'll go in and replace the pictures, or better yet, just change the names on the pictures, yep. and then start using it to either sell things or to get other people. If your mom was a celebrity, that is a very valuable target. And unfortunately, short of going to facebook.com slash hacked, or better, contacting the attorney general in your state or your congressman, you're not getting much help from Facebook once an account has been hacked. It could take months for you to get it back, if at all. Mm -hmm. So, Patrick, one of the things that we were mentioning earlier in our conversation with Anthony is that we really think every single person listening to us right now should make sure they have two-factor authentication on all of their Facebook pages. Now, what other steps can people take? Well, and this is where it's going to scare a lot of people, and I apologize ahead about this. One of the first things that malware does when it gets into your system, however it gets into your system, is it goes into your web browser and looks for either saved passwords or saved cookies. And... That's one of the reasons why a lot of people just stopped using Chrome altogether in the security world because Chrome saves your passwords, saves your cookies, and it is a known vector for attack. If you're using Chrome, and I would say that if you're using Firefox or Brave or any of the other uh, browsers out there, you really, one, need to have your browser stop remembering your passwords for you. In fact, you should make your browser 
forget your passwords. Hmm. The first thing you're going to say is, well, wait a minute, that, I, that's ridiculous. How am I ever going to remember my passwords? Well, that's why a good password manager is absolutely essential nowadays. Having a good password manager where you have one master password and then having passwords that it generates that you don't know is a, a tremendous security feature. So even if somebody gets into your computer through some sort of cookie hacking or some sort of malware on your computer, they're still not going to get into your account through your password because you don't know your password and it's certainly not saved on your computer. It's saved in your, in your password manager and it was random when it was created. So really the big things to remember are you really need to get in the practice of not letting your browser remember your passwords. That's really hard to do. We've all done it for years. And two, getting a good password manager. In in the addition, uh, but you would still say we have to, we should do two factor authentication. Am I correct? Absolutely, two factor authentication is absolutely critical. And then the other thing I would say is practice good safe serve. If somebody is sending you a text message and there's a link in the text message, unless you know that person, unless you knew that this was coming, unless you expected it, under no circumstances should you click on that. Same thing on email attachments. If you are downloading software from the Internet, be real careful. Make sure you know the source of it because there's a lot of software that you can download. You might say, I want to go get Adobe Acrobat Reader Pro DC. I don't want to pay for it, so I want to get a free hacked version of it. Almost all the you know sort of hacked software comes with malware, and the malware, the first thing you're going to do is look for your passwords for all of your social media and then share it with people who sell it. And you can buy you know, online hundreds or thousands of hacked Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All these accounts are up for sale because people were not being safe when they were you know, surfing the Internet. I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around what they have to to gain from taking Linda Urias's Facebook page and changing the name to this Maxine in Thailand. Are you saying that somebody's actually possibly going to make money from this? Are they dealing in cryptocurrency? Yes. I mean, it could be cryptocurrency. They it could be they go into it, they change it, then they resell it. But the thing is that Meta has some things in its in its sort of security and privacy settings where if it's a new account, it's not very trustworthy. Google is the same way. And if something has a track record of being, this is legitimate. This is mm. you know, Linda. This is, this is Patrick. This is Steve. Um, and it's been that way for, you know, 10 years or more. Mm-hmm. It's a very valuable resource that could be resold on the open market. And then what you do is you then go in because it's a trusted website, particularly if it's a website or, you know, an account that has one of the check marks where somebody is actually verified that it actually is this person. Mm. Then they go in and they then will change it so that the names are no longer the original person and say, oh, hey, I've got this video that I put of my grandson. You've got to see this video. Click on the link, and it's a, it's infecting your computer with malware. Oh, okay. okay. 
I mentioned that you have to be real careful if this happens to you and you put a message up on Facebook saying, I've been hacked. There's apparently a fake Facebook page out there with my picture on it. And then suddenly you see all of these comments from people who say, call my guy. I've got a guy. He can help you. That is not true, right, Patrick? That's another form of a scam that's going on. It is a it's it's the equivalent of somebody calling you from Microsoft saying that your computer is infected and you need to pay them a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. And honestly, you cannot speak to a human being at Meta, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter fired you know seventy five percent of their staff. So nobody's working in Twitter right. anymore. Um, if you get hacked, you've got to go through the online online forms. And that's the reason why I said at the beginning of this, go through that, but also contact your attorney general. Let them know that this is going on. I'm not sure something's going to happen from it. It could take months, but mm-hmm. you need to let them know about this problem. I hope you're paying attention. This is important stuff. If you're on Facebook, if you're on social media, you really need to be paying attention to this. We're talking with Anthony Urias, our uh, longtime friend who did the photograph for our life after dark cd we're talking about how his late mom's facebook page was hijacked and joining us is patrick crispin and and patrick if we can just to to restate and then we got a couple more questions and we want to bring uh bring anthony in to comment on this too to restate a you want two-factor authentication with facebook and listeners are saying how does one go about doing two-step uh, authentication on Facebook. It's one of the security settings, and it, it takes a few steps. Honestly, go to Google and do Facebook 2FA. That's Facebook space, the number two, the letter F as in Frank, the letter A as in Alpha. And it will walk you through the steps of how to do it. It's buried into the security system, so you're going to have to click yeah. on the little icon in the top right-hand corner uh, to get into it. But it, it's a really smart way to do it. And I... I've turned two-factor authentication on everywhere that I can. It's just absolutely essential. What it does is, and you know you know this if you've been doing this for a while, it's something that's going to send you a text message, or if you're ultra-secure, you can use Google Authenticator or something like that, where anytime you try to log in, it's going to sit there and say, whoa, you got a username and password, but that's not enough, Buster. I need to have that secret code that only you know about, I can text it to you, or if you're using Google Authenticator, it's showing up on your computer and it's or on your phone, it's going to disappear after 30 seconds. Now, um, you have to enter that code, and it's, it's really absolutely essential. Yes. Now, also, you say, make sure your browsers are no longer keeping passwords. So what, I know we've talked about this before, but uh, for people new to the conversation, what password service do you recommend? I have been using 1Password. Uh, I've also heard uh, good things about Bitwarden. I do not, N-O-T, not recommend LastPass anymore. I was a LastPass user for a long time. They got hacked a while back, and the way they responded to it from the security side of the, of the shop really is disappointing to the point where a lot of company, a lot of organizations and companies just said, okay, you're fired. We're going to go to someplace mm-hmm. else. And 1Password is a great way to do it. Uh, and Bitwarden is the other. I, those are really, really decent decent password managers. The way a password manager works is it sort of remembers your passwords for you. And so instead of you having to write it down or even having your browser write, remember it, it's saved 
online, encrypted, and you have something that's in your browser, which is a helper app, which then anytime you try to log into this particular website or any particular website that has password, it says, oh, I know what this is, and fills it out for you, and then you have um, and 1Password, some extra precautions where you can sit there and say, okay, but you have to, like, if you have a Mac, you can give me your thing, fingerprint and prove that you're you or um, you know, some, something where it requires you to log in every two weeks with this one master password. But as you log into new websites and you create a password, the best thing about a password manager is it creates completely random passwords that you don't know. I very rarely know any of my passwords anymore because I let my password manager do it for me. And this applies to any business that you do on your phone. You should also yes. be using this program, right, Patrick? Yes, yes. Anything anything has a username and a password, you really should be using a password to manager. Protect Don't it. write it down. Don't save it in notes. Don't save it on your desktop. Yeah. Um, you just... Just plan that somebody's going to be trying to get into that. So having a password manager, the password manager itself can have two-factor authentication turned on. So if you, as long as you have a really secure master password, then you all of your passwords are going to be very, very secure. And that one is O-N-E, or is it the, the number one? Uh, why it's uh, the, num- the number one password. Okay. Anthony is still on the line with us. Uh, Anthony, did you want to jump in? Do you have any questions for Patrick? So, Patrick, one of the the things that you said was you talked about Chrome and how that's not safe anymore. So, so many of us have an iPhone, and your iPhone offers to save and create passwords. How secure is that? It's actually quite good, and Apple is leading the way with their 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 sort of password security system they're actually moving away to the pa- moving away from passwords to pass keys those are coming very shortly where it's going to be something based on your biometrics but it's very safe to do i would not let chrome or even safari save your passwords i would let it save to icloud instead Hmm. Well, uh, we're going to come full circle here. We started this conversation talking about Anthony's mom's Facebook page being taken over. And I guess what we've learned is there's really nothing he can do about that at this point in time other than just be angry. Uh, A listener suggested, why don't you just go on that page and say this is fake? Do you run the risk of them retaliating? We just got a minute left. But if you do that, do you run the risk of somebody coming after you if you do that? They may not come after you, but they might just delete it because you yeah. have the ability to delete things that are posted on your Facebook. Of course. So if they don't like what you post, then they make it go away. Sure. Pa- Patrick, thank you for joining us. Uh, and I will ask uh, your your regularly scheduled visit with us is next week. Can we follow up on this a little bit next week? Absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And Anthony, I'm sorry, there's nothing more that we can do for you other than hopefully educate other people about how we should be protecting ourselves on Facebook or any part of social media. Thank you for joining us tonight. Saving somebody from all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Keep me posted, okay, if anything comes comes about. Will do. All right, thanks. Oh, boy. It's scary. I hate because the technology is out there. For Facebook to look at this and to solve the problem, 
but they don't have real people doing it. And let me just inter- integrate this uh, into our conversation. Ken from a, a 646 area code said, you need to purchase a $7 flash drive and back up all your Facebook photos if that's one of the things you're worried about being taken well, away. Yeah. And that's not a that's bad true. idea either. Okay. Well, again, I'm, I'm so sorry we couldn't do anything to, to really help Anthony, but hopefully we have helped you and point one, two-factor authentication. Yes, it takes a little extra step, but oh boy, is it worth it. And we'll revisit this next week. Steve and Johnny. Grooving. <laughs> On the After Dark 720. To a very special segment of our show called Tom's Tunes. These are the songs that our buddy Tom Appel has chosen to play during his portion of the program. And the songs that he blasts as he's <laughs> testing cars. That's right. This is a good choice, Tom. Tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah, this is Tiny Grimes off the album uh, Food for Thought. Uh, the song is called Some Groovy Fours. And this album is interesting. It was recorded between 70 and 73. I need to read more about this, but it wasn't released until much later. So it's kind of a undiscovered gem. Well, can I just say you're an old soul? Because I love the tunes that you come up with. Like a really tiny crimes. That's interesting, Tom. Hmm. And, and for those of you who are wondering, who is this smooth jazz Tom Appel? Uh, <laughs> he is... <laughs> Also, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and uh, you can check out his website, consumerguide.com, and yeah. we're going to talk cars and road tests and things. And, uh, I think- and now, I'm going to ask you the same question that we asked, was it last week when we had John Davis on with us? We were talking about the uh, 40th anniversary of uh, Motor Week, mm-hmm. and we asked uh, uh, John, what was the best sound system he ever had in any vehicle? And I was very happy to hear his answer because he said it was back in the, I think, early 2000s when he was uh, at General Motors and uh, they were bringing out a new Cadillac and they had the new Bose system. And we have a 2005 Cadillac DTS uh, and it has... The best. The, the best sound system we've ever heard. So out of all the cars you've had, what's the best <laughs> sound system you've ever had in a car, Tom? Uh, Cadillac put together a new system uh, with AKG. AKG is a company that produces headphones and, and blue, you know, Bluetooth speakers and things like that mm-hmm. uh, for the Cadillac Escalade. And to, to, I can't remember how many speakers, an absurd number of speakers. But it is standard on to upper trim levels of the Escalade, and it is absolutely fantastic. And <laughs> Jeep, I think it's just in Jeep right now, it might be another Stellantis products, features a Macintosh system hmm. uh, that, is, that is incredible. Interesting. Well, you mentioned Stellantis, so we got to spend a few minutes and talk about the UAW strike. Yeah. Yeah. So where, were you surprised that it is expanded to include now Ford in Chicago? I'm surprised that the last round is really interesting. The, the Ford in Chicago, um, the, the strike there is, is pretty brutal, and it's going to hurt Ford a lot. The Explorer sells well. Plus, Ford builds all its pursuit vehicles for the police there. They're all, we're not supposed to know this, based on the Explorer. Uh, so that's a pretty big hit. But then they, they also struck 
the Cadillac plant in Lansing, Michigan, that builds the uh, the Cadillac CT4 and the CT5, and the Chevrolet Camaro, and none of those sells especially well. Like this, this particular strike doesn't matter that much. So it's very interesting how these are being selected. But but correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe one of the things that is going to have lasting impacts is some of the plants that are being struck that uh, makes manufacture some of the parts. That's going to yes. have a. a you know, what's interesting too. In, in the first round of strikes, the Wentzville, uh, Wentzville, Missouri, plant that builds the Chevy Colorado and GMC Canyon mm-hmm. also does stampings for other plants. So that was more impactful than I think a lot of people knew, uh, and I wasn't aware of that either. But they do hoods for different vehicles and things like that. So the impact of that one was was a little bit more severe than most people thought. I, I want to spin off of that for a second. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't see in one of the Facebook groups, and, and I follow a ton of Facebook automotive groups, somebody is complaining, pick your manufacturer, they're complaining because their vehicle either hasn't come in or hasn't been fixed because of a delay in the parts supply. Now, this started uh, right around the time the pandemic started, but is this still an ongoing thing with most manufacturers, not just the big three, but all over the world? Well, what's the deal? Uh, I think the problem had softened a lot, but it was still a problem, and now it's been exacerbated by the strike because uh, um, Sean Fain decided to strike it. This was the last round of strikes, not this week's, at 38 different parts distribution centers, mm-hmm. which is going to make it very difficult for dealerships to get parts. But dealerships aren't closing down, so this is not going to help them. But if you are in the market for a car, do you wait to see how this all pans out? Or is this a time that you better go get that car that you want to get before the end of the year? I have a sense that this is going to end pretty soon. So I don't know that if, if you're looking for a car, I don't know that this should affect your decision yet. Um, and if you're specifically looking for a General Motors, Ford, or Chrysler product, I should say Chrysler, I should say Stellantis, <laughs> maybe you rush to go do that now, but, but I don't know that that's necessary. But isn't this an interesting strategy because it's not only impacting the manufacturers, it's impacting the dealers and the service departments in the dealers? Yeah, and ultimately the consumer, too. And the strikes have not been affected like this in the past, which is interesting. Additionally, this strike also was struck against all three of the Detroit three manufacturers, something that had not been done before. In previous strikes or previous contract negotiations, what we saw was the UAW picking one manufacturer to negotiate with first. Mm -hmm. And if they were going to strike, they'd strike against that manufacturer. And then whatever contract they got hammered out with them, that would be the template for the other two contracts. That's not the way this is playing out. Was the difference because the the mindset was, okay, when you guys were all facing bankruptcy, we gave in a whole lot of stuff to help you stay in business. Now we're coming to the table and saying, okay, pay us back, everybody. And that, yes, and that's what they've been saying. And, and one of the interesting things that they gave up is, is 2000, uh, what was that one, 2007. Mm-hmm. And then in 2011, the two-tier uh, wage plan came into play. And this was to help manufacturers. When they hired new people, newer employees, they paid them less than the seasoned or veteran employees. Uh, and then you would earn your way over a period of time, I think it was eight years, up to that full wage. So through attrition, the manufacturers were actually saving money on wages. And now that the manufacturers have made a 
just a huge amount of money during the, the COVID supply chain issue. The, the UAW wants, wants the two-tier system dissolved. And it looks like that might happen, or they're going to shorten the amount of time that it takes to earn full pay status. We're talking with Tom Appel. we got a lot of ground to cover with Tom, so stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking with Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. And we're also hearing some of Tom's tunes. A, l- a little more more smooth jazz tonight, uh, a, a little less uh, alternative and R&B that you, you sometimes get, but tonight you're in kind of a smooth jazz uh, or, or real jazz uh, mode? Is yeah, that the real deal? jazz, smooth jazz. I like to stick to a theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and who was that? That is um, Japanese saxophonist Akira Omori playing with American jazz legend piano player Ray Bryant hmm. on an album they did together back in, what is it, 1987. And I know Ray Bryant's a real favorite of yours. Yeah, big time. Big time. And that's that, how I found this, basically. I'm looking for more and more obscure stuff by Ray Bryant and his interesting collaborations. And, and this is one of them. This is a great album. I have to ask you, while you're tuning around, uh, tooling around in some of the vehicles you're testing, well, how are you listening? Are, are you listening uh, on your your phone or, or what are you using because you know, we're old school but we still have and use uh, cd players and cars and stuff like that but what are you doing uh, i am bluetoothing from my phone in most cars and that's been working pretty well i had some problems with that a couple of years ago largely because apple was doing weird things with with people's content that they owned but yeah <laughs> but the last few years things have been very smooth and i've been very happy with the with the whole system Okay, segueing back to cars, Consumer Guide Automotive, you have an interesting post. You want to tell us about one of your new posts, the uh, three quick reviews, the GMC Canyon, the Toyota Prius, and the uh, Chevy Trax. Uh, Explain it all to us. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to have time to attend the Mama Fall Festival. This is what replaced the Mama uh, Fall Rally, but this is the Midwest Automotive Media Association, and they produce two big drive events every year, one in the spring and one in the fall. The spring event is held up in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin at Road America, and the fall one moves around. It's been mobile. But this one was held out at the Donata House out in Lyle, Illinois, which is in a forest preserve. And I had a chance to drive a bunch of different cars. I probably drove a dozen cars. Um, over the course of the day, but three of them stuck out, and those are the ones I'm featuring here. The GMC Canyon, that's their mid-sized pickup, the new Prius, which I don't think enough people know about, and the brand-new Chevrolet Trax that was just redesigned. Those are all three gorgeous vehicles. Uh, I want to hold you on the uh, GMC Canyon. Now, that's a very competitive category, that size uh, pickup truck, right? Yeah, it's funny, Johnny, because that category almost disappeared, and then it made a very strong comeback, and, and people are embracing it, and the, the volume of cars being sold, uh, of mid-sized pickups being sold, has increased a lot lately. They've also gone seriously upscale. This is a beautiful vehicle, and, and so uh, I, I see you post here that it has uh, 310 horsepower, a 2.7-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine. Boy, four-cylinder engines have changed, haven't oh, they, boy. in our lifetime? <laughs> yeah, and this is a very big four. 2.7 liters is a pretty big four, and that it's turbocharged. Uh, I've got the, yeah, 430 pound-feet of torque, which is absolutely amazing. That's like old-school big-block V8 kind of hmm. torque. 
Wow. Back in the day, uh, you were concerned if a four-cylinder engine could get out of its own way. Yeah. Oh, hey, I was in a Mustang with a four-cylinder engine in the Ozark Mountains. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, that was a character builder. As you're looking at this mountain ahead of you thinking, we're never going to make it. <laughs> Scary stuff. Those are the days when, when you drove a four-cylinder and something like that came up, like you had to climb a hill, you turned off the air conditioning. <laughs> That's yes, right, yes. yes. <laughs> and you, you you keep going back to, what was it, the uh, uh, the little engine that could. I think I can, I yeah. think I can, yeah. as you're trying to climb up the uh, the mountain. Uh, how about the Toyota Prius? I like what Toyota has done with the Prius, and I like the styling. And remember, the last couple of times that we've tested Prius, we've been so many people. In fact, I'll never forget Bob Kessler used to say a Toyota Pri- Prius was a a, a hoodie car, a hoodie hoodie and the blowfish. <laughs> but the the Prius is a really good vehicle. It's a very good vehicle, and it's been a good vehicle for several generations. It's usually been very spacious, very efficient, very reliable, and the hybrid system has worked very well. It was among the first hybrid vehicles, and we can credit Toyota overall for this, where you didn't really perceive the hybrid system's operation. That was a problem with a lot of, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, a lot of early hybrids were kind of clunky, and the interplay between the gas engine and the uh, the electric uh, supplemental power was not good, and you could feel it through the, through the throttle, you could feel it when you were braking, uh, and then the, the Prius is none of that. It's always been it's sort of the cutting edge of that technology. And, and the new thing about the Prius is that it's great looking. Who saw that coming? Mm-hmm. So if you're in the market for like a Honda Civic or a Mazda 3, then you should give the new Prius a, a look, I would imagine. You should, yeah, because it's like those. It feels sporty. It's light on its feet, and it still gets fantastic mileage. I think the EPA combined mileage is something like 57 miles per gallon or something. Fantastically thrifty. On the subject of Toyota, can I take you back to the UAW strike? Toyota is not affected by that. So why aren't they doing commercials saying, we're not affected by this strike? Come and see us. We've got cars. I don't know. I don't know if they want to poke that bear. That's a very good point. Um, And I have toured Toyota factories. And, and in fact, Toyota might be one of the leading... um, leading employers when it comes to pay and benefits that mm-hmm. isn't a UAW uh, UAW manufacturer. But, but yeah, it's a good point because they have that going for them. Although Toyota is still suffering from supply issues anyway. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, but isn't that uh, part of the deal with a lot of the overseas manufacturers that have established plants in this country? Most of them, correct me if I'm wrong, most of them are non-union. Right, and and the ones that are union tend not to be the first layer, not the uh, the tier ones. Or I'm sorry, not the manufacturers themselves. What you see is tier one suppliers that supply to both uh, general, uh, Detroit three manufacturers and to other import manufacturers. A lot of those factories are unionized. That's how they get in by uh, by having connections with the uh, big three, or I should say, Detroit three. Is Tesla unionized? No. Hmm. Okay. No, Tesla actually has pretty. I think Tesla might be among the lowest pain of the major manufacturers. <laughs> Plus, you sell your soul. Yes. <laughs> yeah, your entire true. history. <laughs> <laughs> and they know everything that you do every day and what you eat for breakfast. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, golly. Um, a listener says, uh, oh, as far as the Prius is concerned, do you have any idea when that's going to be made available in showrooms? Prius should be available now. Uh, it came for, came out for 2023 and should be in showrooms. I don't know what the supply issue is for that car specifically, but they might be tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're available now, and you can at least order one. Okay. What are you driving now? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm driving a, a very nice car. I'm driving the Genesis G80 Electrified, and that is the all-electric version of the G80 midsize sedan from... Uh, Genesis, which is Korean's luxury, I'm sorry, um, Hyundai's luxury arm. Very nice car, very spiffy, and I'm surprised by the range, actually. I think the official range is something like 282 miles, but when it was delivered to me, uh, it had 306 miles of battery power listed, which is pretty impressive. Genesis styling is absolutely gorgeous. It, it is. It's interesting how each car looks different, but it's there's still a recognizable theme. And what they've been doing with the headlights is really interesting, too, because they're basically hidden until they're used. I think it's a great look. Didn't you do a, a feature on uh, your Consumer Guide Automotive page about uh, what you should know before you buy electric? Yes, I've done a couple of things like that, actually. And, and what we just did, too... Uh, Jill Simonello and I, she's my podcast podcast co-host, we just did a 10-minute podcast, a bonus episode this week, and it's everything you need to know about EV charging in 10 quick minutes. Oh, that's great. Good. In fact, uh, when you speak about electric vehicles, I want to get into something uh, that we uh, have seen, sadly, too many stories about, that some of the electric vehicles... Some of the problems with the brakes, with the uh, regenerative brakes. What can you tell me about that? One of the interesting things about electric vehicles that will affect braking, and it's going to affect tire life, too, is the enormous mass of the vehicle. (laughs) One of the problems is that uh, electric vehicles weigh about 800 to 1,000 pounds more than a comparable gasoline-powered vehicle would. And that weight is almost entirely attributable to the battery. So I've heard that in some cases, some vehicles, the brakes aren't up to the job, which is interesting because the regenerative braking doesn't involve the mechanical brakes. It actually involves the motor that drives the car being turned the other way to charge the battery. So technically, the brakes shouldn't suffer, but it seems in some cases they are. And in some cases, are the brake lights also uh, reacting slowly? Not powered properly? This is a very interesting little... It's one of those things that needs to be thought about, I think, in in boardrooms more than it is. So this came in early in in the hybrid era, where when you start to slow down and the regenerative braking begins, if you're using, uh, if you have different, some vehicles have different modes of braking, and you can do what is essentially called one-pedal driving, which means when you lift off the throttle, the brake is sort of automatically applied. It's it's really a fun way to drive if you get Mm. used to it and you like it. But the thing is, if you're lifting off the throttle, even though you're not touching the brake, the brake light should go on. Okay, but I, I'm going to do a tease here. we got a break for the news. We want to come right back to this. So brake lights in electric vehicles should go on. Okay. Should go on. <laughs> All right. We'll come right back with Tom Appel, so stay with us. It's here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking with the publisher of Consumer Guide, Tom Appel. And we're also... Jamming. To some of Tom's tunes. <laughs> you want to explain this one to us, Tom? 
Yeah, this is called The Popcorn, and it's an instrumental piece by James Brown and the James Brown Band. Uh, the album, I think, is called James Brown Directs the Dances, or Directs and Dances. I've seen both. Uh, but either way, it's, 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 it's an instrumental album by the James Brown Band, and it's absolutely fabulous. There's another James Brown uh, instrumental album that you might want to check out. I believe oh. it is called James Brown Jazz, something, oh. something like that. Uh, kind of hard to find. But there's uh, a couple cuts with James playing jazz uh, organ, and I mean he he's good. Hmm. It's a, he was an amazing man, and yeah, he danced the popcorn too. Yes, <laughs> apparently yes. <laughs> good God! Now uh, we teased just before we broke for the news. We were talking about electric vehicles and brake lights. Take it away, Tom. Yeah, so with electric vehicles, and this is true of hybrid vehicles too, energy is recaptured by the braking system. And not just using the mechanical brakes, but the motor that drives the vehicle can be used as a generator if it rotates the other way while you decelerate. And that's basically how the battery is charged in a hybrid and supplementally charged in a plug-in electric vehicle. The thing is that when you use the regenerative braking and you don't use the gas, or you don't use the brake pedal, the taillights still, the brake lights still have to go on because the people behind you need to know you're slowing down. <laughs> yes. and, and in the case of some of these systems, uh, Kia calls it the iPedal in the EV6. You can really crank that up so that you never have to use the brake pedal, which means that the system has to be programmed and understand that you're decelerating and that the brake light should go on. And that's been working pretty well in most cases, but there are cases now where for some reason the brake lights aren't coming on even though you are decelerating. And that's not just with Kia. That's with any of a number of electric yes. vehicle uh, vehicles. Yes, all electric vehicles use this to recharge the system. So if you're driving around the city, you actually get better mileage in an electric vehicle mm-hmm. than you do on the highway. Entirely the opposite of a gasoline-powered car. And that's because of the regenerative brake system. So what do you do if you're listening right now and you have an electric vehicle? Do you get behind your car and have somebody drive it to see if in fact the lights are working or well it's not the failure isn't so much that there's something wrong with your car it's a software issue so it wouldn't be specific to your car and i think that what we're going to see is manufacturers are going to be going back and looking at this and what we Uh, may see is some recalls in the near future okay by the way if you're driving and listening to us right now turn on your damn headlights oh I can't tell you. We average at least six or eight driving into work every Saturday night. And it's terrifying because we're driving on busy streets like Peterson or Ridge or Lakeshore Drive. Lakeshore Drive, of course, you don't have the cars coming right at you the way you do on Peterson and and Ridge. But on, on Lakeshore Drive, you will see a car passing you. After it has already passed you, because there were no headlights letting you right. know that it was coming up on you. Yeah. It's, it's funny how this happened. When we used to just have headlights that were a little knob that you pulled out of the dash, <laughs> this was never a problem. It became a problem with automatic headlights that people believe are on. And because of daylight running lights, which give the impression to some extent that your headlights are on, even though that doesn't bring your taillights on. So it, it's funny how these advancements we made <laughs> seem to have created some problems for us. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, are uh, you game to tackle a few questions that have come in? Oh, yeah. All right. The listener from 847 Area Code says, would like Tom's opinion on the Cadillac XT5 versus the XT6. Oh, well, the XT5 and the XT6 are fundamentally the same vehicle, but the XT... This is, these are Cadillac's mid-size crossovers. They're both very nice vehicles, very nicely outfitted. They get expensive in a hurry, but they are luxury vehicles. The XT6 is a three-row crossover. The XT5 is a two-row crossover. I prefer the XT6. It's roomier. It rides better. The longer wheelbase also plays for just better ride control and quietness. So I like the XT6 better. Okay. And uh, from a 773 uh, area code, uh, could you please uh, ask Tom to talk about the new Chevy Trax? I'm thinking about buying one. The new Trax is wonderful. Uh, I just spent some time with that, actually, at the, the Mama Rally we were just discussing. The old Trax was a subcompact crossover. It was a little bit cramped, got good mileage. It served a lot of people well. The new, the new Trax is still the smallest and most affordable vehicle in the Chevy lineup, but it has grown up. There is plenty of space for four passengers. The interior is nicer. Uh, everything about it is nice. It, it makes use of, and this sounds bad, a very small three-cylinder engine that's turbocharged, but it is surprisingly refined. Um, it, it's just a very likable vehicle, and I think that a, a test drive would sell a lot of people on this. Base prices start as low as 22000 Oh, Loaded versions go for about twenty six. Yeah, there's a lot of dollar value there. That's huge, because haven't we talked before about the average car prices in the mid-30s? It is, yeah. And, and Chevy gave up both of its small cars, too, right? There isn't a Spark anymore or a Sonic. Mm-hmm. So this is their new entry-level vehicle. Hmm. I actually liked the Chevy Spark. I thought for, for a small car, it was kind of a fun drive. It, the Spark was fine, yeah. I liked the Sonic even more. Um, but they were both nice cars and both pretty affordable. 847 Area Code says, Tom, talk about sedans. Do they exist? If I go looking for one, what should I be looking for? <laughs> There's actually a lot of sedans out there, just not a lot of American sedans. We just mentioned the, the Cadillac CT4, CT5. Those are still out there. Those are may not be available because of the strike. Um, but, but the Honda Accord, the Nissan Altima, the Toyota mm-hmm. Camry are still out there, and those are all great vehicles. Uh, of the three, I really like the Accord. That's, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sedans, I'm very bummed because... <sighs> We are not going to see any more Dodge Chargers. No. Were no, you we surprised? I was really surprised by that news. No more Dodge Chargers. I thought cops were using them across the country. Yeah, they've all gone to the Fords now. There's not a lot left for police. Ford has got that market sewn up, and we're not supposed to say this, but the Ford Police Pursuit Vehicle is a Ford Explorer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But that's going to be pretty much the only police car we're going to see for a while. Unless you, you you have a rich police force in your town and you might get a Chevy Tahoe. Oh, yes. Was it southern Indiana where we noticed when they first started using the Dodge Charger? Yeah. And they were bad-looking vehicles, you know, blacked-out yeah, like windows right. and black wheel covers and the whole works. And then all of a sudden you saw the, the, the light that went on the dash. Yeah, if you're traveling I-65 in southern Indiana... Do the speed limit. Just yes. set it on cruise. And, uh, and even if people flash their lights behind you because grandpa, grandma, get off the road, do yourself a favor because they're waiting for you. They're very, very diligent on that stretch of I-65. And no, we're not speaking from uh, the experience of having been ticketed. 
But boy, have we seen we've a observed. number. Of, we've actually kind of laughed because there have been times when we've been traveling down 65 and somebody would pass us doing about 80. And <laughs> oh, within the next mile and a half, there is this black charger that has impulled over. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, uh, Lister says, can you talk about the F-150 Lightning? And didn't you do a piece on that on your Consumer Guide uh, automotive page? Yeah, the F-150 Lightning is the electric version of the Ford F-150, and it's it's been... It's had it's already had a very dramatic life. It came out and there was all sorts of demand for it. And people might remember that there was a commercial version of the F one fifty Lightning at launch that sold for forty thousand dollars, which seemed like an incredible bargain. And and there was so much demand initially for these vehicles at their original prices that Ford kept cranking up the prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that that forty thousand vehicle quickly became a sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollar vehicle. And the long range version long range version of the XLT which should have been the volume version of the vehicle, cracked $80,000, meaning it no longer qualified for the federal tax credit. And all of a sudden, demand for the F-150 Lightning just dried up. They have since lowered prices. And I don't know yet, I don't know if you've seen the effects yet of what that's going to do to sales, but I think the fact that they've lowered the, the really the high-volume vehicle under 80000 so that it does, again, qualify for the federal tax credit will probably bring back a lot of those buyers. Wow. I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but the, the, am I wrong? But just for, from looking at the various websites and, and some of the cars we've tested, does Ford still kind of hold the record for offering the most options for for vehicles, because you, you, I wrote a piece a few years ago about how many different variations of the F one fifty there were, and I came up with half a billion. <laughs> yeah, and that's a conservative estimate. It was, and it was just there's so much going on there. You had four different engines, three different body styles, you know, sixteen different paint colors, and then all sorts of trim levels. I think yeah. eight different trim levels, and it's absolutely insane. And that's why when you hear about day supply of vehicles. And Ford and Chevy are always higher than everyone else's. That's because they have to have so many different versions mm. of the F one fifty and Silverado on their lot. <laughs> so, so economically, how are they able to do that? Because it, you know it costs money to have all of these different options, and yet uh, Ford and Chevy, and particularly Ford, seems to constantly be saying, "As you Here. said, here's a bazillion options. Yeah, sure. here's the buffet to choose from." Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, Ford went a long way. The, the 2024 F-150 is significantly updated this year. It doesn't look a lot different, but, but a lot of the advanced driver assistance systems have been upgraded and a lot of the tech stuff. They also killed the base engine and a lot of other weird stuff. So they're making the build permutation number has dropped dramatically from whatever it was, half a billion, I think, to a few thousand. So they, they, have, they have taken steps to, to sort of ease this situation. I had to chuckle at the base engine is considered like weird. Yeah. You know, when you've got so many things to choose from, why would you go for the base engine? Well, that's a great point. I think it was just there for for really price conscious fleets because it was a. It was a 3.3 liter V6, which is pretty low suds, and all the other <laughs> engines in that, in that vehicle are pretty exciting. And low suds is the technical term. That's right. Yes. We're talking yes. uh, automotive world with Tom Appel. We'll take a quick break and come right back. A few more minutes with Tom here on WGN. Hey, baby, you're digging Tom's tunes. <laughs> this is a good one. This is a toe tapper. Yeah. 
And what is this, Tom? This is a song called Bloom Dito, and it's by Akira Omori. We talked about him earlier in the show. He did an album with Ray Bryan. He also did this album a year later uh, with American jazz drummer Elvin Jones. The album is called, what is it called? Uh, Trust in Blue. buy CDs on a regular basis? I do. Most of the stuff I actually buy on CD and then I then I burn it to mm-hmm. uh, my phone. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how inexpensive you can get some CDs for these days. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and people are surprised. I, I I think we probably buy a CD a week. Yeah. Because invariably we'll hear something and say, oh, oh. In fact, we have a music channel on our, our direct TV and so often we'll we'll walk into the room and go, oh, that's an interesting song. And I'll mm-hmm. look up the person, and and there's this Icelandic guitarist who's yeah. getting played uh, constantly. It's Friedrich F R I D R I K, and I forget what the la- his it last. It starts name is. with a K, but I found out that he's from Iceland. He's the hottest thing from Iceland, and so we had to buy his CD. <laughs> And I, I will segue for a second. Speaking of guitar players, for those of you who missed our yes. announcement uh, a little while ago, on October 14th. Two weeks from tonight. We're going to have kind of a mixed show. The first two hours will be a best of. Then roughly 11 o'clock, we're going to come in live because Johnny's 50th class reunion is that night. So uh, that's going to be preoccupying our Saturday night, but then at 11 o'clock we're coming in because after his appearance at the Park West, Tommy Emanuel is coming over to hang out in the studio with us, and we couldn't be more excited. Yeah. That's going to be a fun night. Because he said, come see me at the Park West, and I said... I can't. I got this little commitment like thing. He wanted us to emcee yes. his show at the Park I said, West. I got this little thing. And, and God bless you, the people who texted and said, did I hear Steve right? Did he say, you're 50th? How can that be? Thank you, people. Thank you. You made my day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. Uh, Lister wants to know if you can comment on the Lucid. My favorite name of a car today is the Lucid. I don't know if it says anything about the car. I just like the fact that they chose to name it that. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Someone at the, someone at the health club that I go to uh, bought a Lucid. I saw it today. It's the first Lucid I've seen, I think, in a parking lot. But the Lucid is an extremely rakish sedan, and it gets very expensive in a hurry. There is now a $250,000 version of the Lucid. <gasps> and because they're not selling all that well, there's also like a $65,000 version <laughs> of the Lucid. And they all look basically the same. But the big news there is extraordinary range. One of the versions gets 500 miles to a full charge. Incredible performance. Really roomy, beautiful cabin. But they're a tough sell. And I'm, I'm always confused by why manufacturers keep bringing out high-end sedans uh, to, to, to launch their electric vehicles because people don't want sedans anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. Is the Lucid the one guy? I just saw it. Uh, this past week, there's one of the electric vehicles that has a long range that are saying that their charging time will be about 18 minutes. Charging time, we keep hearing about charging time. 18 minutes is possible on a super fast charger. Um, but the thing is, there aren't that many super fast chargers. 
most people will be charging at home, and that's not going to, no matter how fast your car can charge, it's always going to charge in the same amount of time at home because the charger simply doesn't pass along that much electricity. So there's going to have to be chargers that can do that. So a lot of these super fast charging times, theoretical at this point. And also, there was another brand that I believe is uh, touting the fact that they're going to be available in the Chicago area. Um, Is it Fisker? Fisker, uh, some lucky journalists have just driven their first Fisker. And in fact, I've got someone on the podcast coming in on Monday to talk a little Fisker. Is it Fisker with a P? I'm sorry, it's F-I-S-K-E-R. Henrik Fisker used to be a designer for Ford and for Aston Minor. Oh. Esther Martin went off on his own. Had a, his first car company was Fisker. They sold the Fisker Karma way back in 2011, about the time the Chevrolet Volt came out. That failed. This is his second attempt at a car company, but this one seems pretty viable. The car is cool looking. He is a designer. It seems practical, and he's practicing something interesting called um, um, manufacturing light, where he doesn't own any of the factories, he doesn't own the inventory, he's paying people to do that stuff, so he doesn't have a lot of capital committed to the production process, uh, which is interesting. What he doesn't have either, which is going to make things rough, is a lot of dealerships. Mm-hmm. But this this is a combination of electric vehicle with the solar panels on the roof. Um, I, which vehicle is it? Because the first one coming out is the, the it, Ocean, it, it, which is a compact crossover. I don't think that has solar panels on it, but it might. Yeah, I, th- I thought the ocean does. It does. Oh, it does? Okay. Okay. And hopefully those got better. At <laughs> Frankly, roof-mounted solar panels don't bring that much to the game. It's just not enough electricity. Hmm. And uh, speaking of electric vehicles, uh, Johnny, you had a question about the... Uh, yes, about the Genesis that you're presently road testing. Uh, listener says, could you give us a little insight of what the sticker price is? Yeah, it gets very close to $80,000. Mm. It's very well equipped. There aren't a lot of versions of it. It comes only with all-wheel drive. Um, and a promise 282 or 284 miles, I'm seeing comfortably over 300 on a full charge. Mm. It's very quick. It's beautifully appointed. It's an incredibly nice car. And if I can take you back to the Lucid, did you say you can get one for 250000 or you can get one for 65000 Yes. So you can get one or you could buy four for the price of the 250000 <laughs> Yeah, right now their the whole price range is really built around one single car and huh. just an incredible amount of luxurious trappings and, and more and more horsepower. The top version is more than a 1,000 horsepower, which no one actually needs. Wow, I'm going to have to give the Lucid that parks on our block a little bit more respect because he's parking up on the sidewalk. He may be driving that $250,000 Lucid, and that's why he feels it's okay to park on the sidewalk. Yeah, we'll have to take a closer look yeah. at that. that. Because fact, literally, he's all the way up yeah. to the grass on the sidewalk. And I'm thinking, why are you doing you that? You can't cut your grass. <laughs> because, because the Lucid is parked up there. Yeah, And maybe it's because he's just terrified. <laughs> it's always going to hit his quarter-million-dollar car. Wow. <laughs> the, the parking up on the curb thing seems to be neighborhood by neighborhood in Chicago. Yeah. Some places people do it. Some places they don't. It, it is frowned on in my neighborhood. That's all I want to say. Frowned on here. It, it's frowned on uh, on our section of our block. We have a reputation for <laughs> noting people when they park on the side because I can't mow the grass when they're parked on the sidewalk. And and I will politely the the note politely asks them not to do this and tells them that the uh, the owners of the uh, 
the houses that they're they're parking on the concrete, the owners have to pay for the concrete replacement. Which we and did. also gives them a gentle warning that the police can and do ticket, and if you park here again, yes, the police will be notified <laughs> and you will be ticketed and maybe towed. So it's sweet, and then it goes kaboom. <laughs> You run the chance of doing, like, really expensive damage to your wheels. You don't want to do that. Well, again, if you're mowing the grass, I don't want to hit a car that's $60,000 sitting up on the sidewalk. It's not my fault. And 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 my thought is, if I'm running the mower, hey, you park here, (laughs) that's your problem, not mine. No, you you would never do that. I wouldn't. Well, Tom, this hour has just flown right by. Folks can find you where? Uh, consumerguy.com and I'm Car Guy Tom on Twitter and our new podcast drops Tuesday morning. And you've mentioned that a couple times. How do people access that podcast? You can find it anywhere. You can stream uh, every episode at consumerguy.com or download it anywhere. And if you download it via Apple, be sure to leave a comment and then rate and review the the podcast. Yeah, good idea. Great. You got a lot of fans and we uh, as always appreciate you joining us on the program. And people can get a hold of you too by going to your website and you find all kinds of cool stuff there that we not even scratch the surface of. And sometimes yeah. you'll see pictures of donuts. <laughs> That is correct. A lot of donuts at our podcast recording. Okay. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. You too. Bye-bye now. That's Tom Appel. He is the uh, publisher of Consumer Guide. More coming up, so stay with us on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN. Okay, the song is Midnight at the Oasis. Oasis. That's a good version. Instrumental version, Midnight at the Oasis. Uh... Uh, uh, ooh, let me tell you who it is because we've interviewed her. Uh, oh, is it? Um, uh, oh, ah, ah. Yeah. she was a delightful interview too. Yes, she. Oh, she talks about how this song has been misunderstood over the years. No, no, you're yeah. think, we. You're thinking of uh, Melissa Manchester, who did the vocal version of that. Yeah, yeah, but I was thinking of a, of, of the sax. Player. Oh, I was thinking about the the vocal version. Okay, Mel- thank you. That's the name I was looking for. Was okay, Melissa Manchester. Well, speaking of things that uh, that we're looking for, so during the news, Julian and I were talking about his dog. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I came back in from going to the coffee machine, yeah. and you're in this intense conversation. I thought, uh oh, something's broken. Well, and and Julian was telling me how. When when his dad shows up, uh-huh. that even before his dad get like like when his dad's car is pulling in, mm. his dog will be reacting because he knows mm-hmm. that it's his dad, and I was speculating could it be something to do with a dog's nose, and I immediately thought of you because somewhere you, <laughs> there there is a piece of trivia that you had. That has to do with dogs' noses are uh, how many more times sensitive than human beings' noses? I had that trivia. I thought you were the cute blonde. That <laughs> no, that's the other cute blonde. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that you were married to. <laughs> I don't know. There is some I, statistic. I, I think that, a that dog's nose is like a human's fingerprint. It is individual to every dog. But, you know, that's why, obviously, they have drug-sniffing dogs, but their noses are so sensitive 
But you, a dog can't and, smell a car or a person through a. Are you sure? Through a wall. Are you sure? He's listening to the sound of the car. That's I what he's know. responding to. I don't know. So, Just so, according to this, hmm. um, dogs have one hundred million sensory receptor receptor sites <laughs> in their nasal cavity, compared to six million in people. We have six million. That's what the internet tells me. Wow. And it, since it's on the internet, <laughs> it's it, it has be to be fact. Yes. Yeah. I think that it's not Melissa Manchester, it's Maria Moldauer. That's what I said. See, it's two <laughs> M's. Two M's, yeah. It's M&M's. However, that was a cover from Kim Waters, a jazz musician. Oh, okay. That was well, nice. Well, that, who is the, uh, the other... You're just full of questions, among other things. <laughs> I'm not thinking of uh, Mindy Bear. No. There's the other one who did the, uh, oh, so, uh, oh, Dave Stewart played the guitar. and Annie Lennox? And no, and the uh, the song was uh, Somebody Was Here. It's a sax, female sax player, uh, so-and-so was here, was the title of the song. And Dave Stewart like played guitar. And, and there's nothing I'm going to win. <laughs> blonde. Sax player, female, uh, from like Sweden or something. Oh, people are yelling at their radio right I now. I doubt it. Seriously, I you haven't given a whole lot of clues. I think they are a blonde I'm sax player. Thinking they are. Oh, and again, somebody says not Melissa Manchester, Maria Moldauer. Yes, we've yeah. established that Steve was yeah. trying to throw me off. I knew it was two M's. Not to be confused with it was the green M and M did the song. I figured out that name you're looking for. Is Candy it Candy Dulfer? Dulfer? Yes, Candy. Alistair Dulfer. just texted them. Can you dig that up and, and play just a little bit of it? And who was it? Somebody was here. What, what was the Lily was? Lily here. was here. Yeah, great song. In fact, okay, hold it. We'll use that as the bump back from the next break. You have the most obscure. Fount of you knowledge. You could just stop it. I have the most obscure. I'm like, really? You could. Where does Candy Dulfer come into your world? You'll recognize it when you hear it. <sighs> and somebody did say in, uh, Mindy Bauer. And we know Mindy. We've had the good fortune of interviewing She's her. She's a dear it's, friend. Yeah. Um, in fact, if, but it was if you Candy want to Dulfer, the, the other blonde he was thinking of. If you want to go to the Steve and Johnny YouTube page, and if you don't know how to get to that, just go to steveandjohnny.com and you'll find a link to our YouTube page. You'll find a uh, an interview we did with Mindy Abair oh, several years ago when she was one of the headliners at the uh, Seabreeze Jazz Fest in Panama City Beach. Right. And we took Mindy and Jim, Jim Peterick to one of our favorite places, Boondocks. And then they let us go in the back room so that we could interview them. Yeah. And uh, we were there with equipment, and we did that, and we just had a delightful, after we were all full of catfish and oysters, and, yeah. well, not me, I'm not touching the oyster things, uh, but the catfish, I'm all about that, and uh, we just kind of sat back and just, uh, that just was a good chatted. Time. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Let me go back to, to the dog. So, you're thinking the dog smells I think it's fun, especially if you, what Julian's did you say, dad a hundred a hundred bazillion more times than uh, than humans, didn't you say? Uh, well, we have six million; they have a hundred, so that would be uh, twenty times ish. 
just under 20 times. <laughs> you should see my checkbook. I do yeah. a lot of ishing. <laughs> it's like uh, $5-ish. <laughs> That's why Steve has his own checkbook. Yes. Because I actually want to know how much is there. I... And Johnny kind of rounds off to the next highest uh, number. And you're never, ever going to find yourself in the red if you round off to the next highest number three cents here you may find yourself in jail 27 cents there (laughs) you know a buck 50 over here and next thing you know it's real money you got money really (laughs) that you didn't know you had (laughs) oh golly the wheels fall off in this hour every time every single time yeah uh i want to tell you all about this uh warning that's going to sound on wednesday i don't want to scare you Mm -hmm. i want to prepare you for it this is not a facebook order this is a real warning yes this is a real warning that you're going to hear on your phone on wednesday and the reason i want to mention it is because there's some nonsense that's floating around on the internet about what's going to happen on wednesday and hear me when i say nonsense so if you're half asleep just for so are we (laughs) i want to go back to the nose you actually think the dog smells his dad in a car in the driveway through the wall 100 bazillion more time more noses than we have and you know when i start calling you honey (laughs) i'm 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 patronizing you really honey is is your equivalent to bless his heart that's right (laughs) bless his heart he's a little weird (laughs) only a little tired i'm slipping we're gonna take a break and try to regroup and we'll be back with this warning that's going to happen on wednesday all of that more coming up here on wgn steve king and johnny putman at wgn radio i love that song candy dulfer with Dave Stewart of the Arrhythmics ah. on guitar, and Lily was here. Is this from a CD called Sexuality? I think it is. Okay, because the listener texted Sexuality, and I thought, really? You're just going to send me that word? And then I realized it yeah. had something to do with Candy Dulfer. <laughs> was that one of the listeners who were listening from the building across no. the way from us? <laughs> Don't get them started. They think they've gone to bed. It's dark over there now. We've already got an education earlier tonight. Yeah, earlier tonight. Yeah. They were they were getting ready to... Uh, yeah. Well, they were getting yeah. ready. Yeah. They were going to say their prayers uh-huh. before going to bed. <laughs> yeah, they were about to have a religious experience. <laughs> Steve! <laughs> it's okay. Sunday. So, I was right... By the way. What? Rabbit. <gasps> rabbit. 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 Yes. Julian, do you rabbit rabbit in your world? Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> welcome to WGN. And, and welcome to a WGN tradition that was started by Wally, Wally Phillips. Phillips years ago. Probably in the 60s sometimes. And then when Bob Collins took over the morning show, I had worked with Wally on the morning show, mm-hmm. so I asked if we could continue the tradition because people were so accustomed to rabbit, rabbit, rabbit on the first of each month, and then people would hurt themselves to get on the phone so they could be the very first person to rabbit, 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 and win prizes. And Bob said, yeah, hell yeah, let's go ahead and do that. And then Spike came on board, yep. and he made it a rabbit-rabbit, only two rabbits. 
And I continued to... That was marked down from... Yes. I continued to uphold that tradition on my Facebook page, as do you. Right. And... um, I usually try to find rabbits with guitars. (laughs) Which just sounds crazy. But we're able to find rabbits with guitars every month. (laughs) So it's a tradition that goes back to, we're told, to... Probably over a hundred years ago, where in France it became a tradition on the first of the month for kids to come to the classroom and rabbit, 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 recognizing that it's the mm-hmm. the first of the month. Would they say rabbit or would they say it in French? Hmm. Well, I guess they, who knows. Anyway, we blame it on the French. It's their fault yeah. that we do this. Blame everything on the French. And that Steve wastes time looking for rabbits with guitars as he does every no, it's, it's, every month. Yeah, actually, I I do enable you because I often find yeah. these cute little guitar playing rabbits. Okay, back to dogs' noses. I was right when I said that their nose print is as individual as our fingerprints right. are. Now, um, dogs use their nose to not only smell, but a listener claims that a dog's nose is so sensitive. Let me get this right. This was a text at 312-981-7200. A dog's nose is so sensitive they can smell a teaspoon of sugar in an Olympic-sized pool. I believe that. A teaspoon of sugar. I wonder... Whoever made that determination. The guy that put the teaspoon of sugar sugar in in an Olympic-sized pool. A 331 area code said is far more specialized and sensitive than humans sense of smell. I think that goes without saying, if they can sense a teaspoon of sugar in an Olympic-sized pool. And then I was sent a link to 30 mind-blowing facts. And this all got started about your your dog that knows when your dad drives up, right? <laughs> See the stuff you started, Julian. It's a well. Julian produces the show, so this this was Julian's segment. This yes. whole hour is Julian's responsibility. Dogs have a bump on the roof of their mouth that helps them to analyze an odor. That little bump is known as the incisive papilla. Papilla, 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 P-A-P-I-L-L-A. And it communicates with the dog's nose to tell them what they're smelling, which is pretty amazing. Um, Also, again, these are supposed to be amazing facts, mind-blowing facts. Dogs dogs use their tongues in place of a tissue to blow their nose. (laughs) Unlike humans, dogs can't go grab a Kleenex and blow their nose, so dogs with chronic nasal discharge tend to adopt a casual drip-and-lick approach. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, golly. Mind-blowing facts. (laughs) Uh, Dogs use nose-touching to gather information. Some dogs have a dudley nose. As in Dudley Do Right? Well, it's a capital D, as in a a name. A Dudley nose is a flesh-colored nose that is often a reason for disqualification in the show ring for several breeds. A dark black nose is usually preferred from a health standpoint because the pigment protects the dog against the sun. The term Dudley nose derives from bulldogs bred from a part of black country in the UK. 
well, you all can go to bed now. You've learned, You've learned something. something. Yeah, <laughs> our work here is done. That's right. And finally, uh, to dogs, smell is ever-changing. And again, how do we know this? It's not like they can tell you that it's ever-changing. Dogs never grow bored of sniffing the same spot day after day. Here's some food for thought. Quote, each departure from the house brings a new scene one never visited. Each day, each hour wears a new smellscape. There's no such thing as fresh air to a dog. Air is rich. It's an olfactory tangle that the dog's nose will diligently unknot. That comes from Being a Dog, Following the Dog in a World of Smell, a book written by Alexandra Horowitz. <laughs> Being a dog. Mm-hmm. We have to get that one. Okay, so that's it. That's all you need to know about the dog and their noses. And if you're sleeping with one right now, <laughs> just think about this. They don't know fresh air. So whatever yeah, you're responsible that. for, uh-huh. they don't care. They really mm-hmm. don't care. You know what? I'm going to run up against the clock. And I want to get to this important business about this alarm on Wednesday. Yes. yes. And, and, and this is a, a real story. It's a real story. And I, I'm going to try to squeeze it in here and tell you that you might want to set a reminder for the 4th of October, which is a Wednesday. That is the day that phones across the country will ring out with an alarm that you would not have set this is um so if you're in church on wednesday or you're at school or you're in the library or maybe you're going to an early movie you want to be aware of this americans will have to plan ahead if you don't want your phone to disturb you on october 4th that's the day the federal emergency management agency plans to conduct a statewide test from state to state to determine just how effective the government's mass communications options really are. 10-4, good buddy. So phones, TVs, and radios will sound with the alarm as they mimic what might happen in the event of an emergency. But remember, remember, before you freak out, it's only a test. A text should appear on your phone when the alarm goes off to remind you that there's nothing to worry about. And the message will read, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed. I would hope that they have mega publicity about this because it's going to be scary. The the reality of life in 2023 is if people hear alarms going off and if they haven't heard about this, There's going to be a lot of panic. 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, phones will come alive with a unique tone and a vibration to make sure the message is accessible to everyone, including people with disabilities. Now, this has become twisted on the Internet. There are a number of conspiracy theories that are floating around. Wednesday, 220, 1.20 Chicago time. Right. And it's going to be, if you're watching television, you're going to hear this. If you have your phone on, you're going to hear this warning, and it's going to be preceded by a text telling you that this is nothing to be concerned about. Now, uh, FEMA has announced that they have a backup date of October 11th in the event that there's bad weather or some other disaster or catastrophe is going on on October 4th, they don't want to confuse things. So then they would move the testing date to October 11th. So this is kind of like an EBS test? Kind of like that, yes. So they want to test the system nationwide from state to state. So what's happened since that news has come out, in an effort to get people 
aware that this is going to happen so that there is no fear on Wednesday. Conspiracies have popped up. Oh, and yeah. The number one conspiracy is... I love this. There is a video that is circulating where a man is urging you to turn your telephone, your cell phones off on Wednesday so you do not get this mm-hmm. warning. Because, because what is the warning going to do? Your devices, whether it's your phone, your radio, or your TV, mm-hmm. will be activating mm-hmm. graphene oxide Ooh. and other nanoparticles Ooh. that have been inserted into billions of Ooh, human inserted. beings. Inserted. Ooh. <laughs> I'm being serious. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Step away from, <laughs> from losing it. You know, you pushed me over oh, the edge. <laughs> you haven't lost it yet? You mean there's more to come? <laughs> I haven't started snorting yet. I lost it months ago. <laughs> this is serious. Yeah, now. I can tell. <laughs> there's some idiot out there that's... <laughs> As opposed to the idiots in here. (laughs) This pushing this theory that if you were vaccinated, Mm. when this alarm is sounded on Wednesday, it's going to activate the graphene oxide and other nanoparticles Mm -hmm. that have been inserted into your body, we are led to believe via the vaccines. Mm -hmm. Now, he doesn't say what's going to happen to you when these nanoparticles are activated. (laughs) You might like it. Who knows? Yes. (laughs) But, come on. You know, after tonight, I feel like we should just burn the internet. Just take it down to the (laughs) ground and let's go back to life-free internet because there's a lot... Forget the government shutdown. Let's get to the important stuff. Shut down the internet. I know how we do it. We get... Taylor Swift to tell everybody, leave the internet. There you go. It'll happen. We'll (laughs) shut it down overnight. (laughs) No, seriously. This goofball is getting some mileage because this is the kind of thing that people are saying, well, now, I don't know if this is true, but I figured it wouldn't hurt anything if I reminded you that it probably wouldn't hurt anything if you turned (sighs) off all your devices on Wednesday because, well, you know, it sounds kind of crazy, but who knows? It could be true. What is scarier? The people (sighs) that, that believe this stuff or the fact that the people who believe this stuff procreate and vote yeah sadly yep they're the ones that are voting (laughs) so there there you got it it's going to happen on wednesday unless there's bad weather or something else has got us concerned then state by state they'll determine whether or not fema will be able to send out this this alarm that can be very alarming if you're not aware that it's going to happen let me write that down. An alarm can be alarmed. Steve. Okay, let me write that down. Hey. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm Lead following. over here. Just <laughs> slap some sense into you. Trivia. What? So this is the equivalent to the EBS test, right? Yes. Emergency broadcast system. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, mm-hmm. the emergency broadcast system was called... Help! Think back to your early broadcast days. <sighs> And maybe even the days before you and I got into broadcasting. 
I have my license, my broadcasting license, third class. And you used to get your radios used to be marked on the dial. Oh, I'm not that. There were old. two positions. Come here. <laughs> You're not going to get much older. Uh, <laughs> there were two positions on the dial that were marked. I have no idea. It's probably something I've seen in my lifetime, but it just didn't matter to me. Connell Rad. Really? Connell Rad. It was the the predecessor to the emergency broadcast system. And in an emergency, you would turn your radios to, I'm trying to think what the frequency was. It was one frequency on the right side of the dial, one frequency, and it was AM. But, I mean, this was the predecessor to the EBS test. In an emergency, you would turn your AM radios to, I want to say, like 1280 or 530 or something. 640 or 1240. Okay, you, you got it? And it actually had the word Connell Rad written on your radio? No. It, it was, well, I don't know if, they, I think they had a little logo of some kind. Huh. And. It's a fun looking logo. Don't humor him. You hear me, Julian? Do not go along Julian, with does it. Julian, does it say what, I mean, this was like from the late 40s to like the early 60s or something like that? Uh, it was launched in 1951. Okay. And it it stands for. And I'm going to say it the way that it's spelled here with the caps. Control of electromagnetic radiation. <laughs> or Con- Conal-Rad. Conal-Rad. Yeah. That's right. Radi- radiation is where the rad comes from? Remember, this was back in the day when Cold we were War? ducking under our desks to yeah. avoid the nuclear fallout yes. from the bombs. And 60s, because in the 60s, we would get these alarms, and we would have to crawl under our desk, and they would tell us stupid things like, and if possible, take your shirt and pull it up over your head, because that's going to protect you. Exactly. And I would say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not wrinkling these clothes. Speaking of alarms. Oh, no. Uh Uh Uh-oh. I hear it down the hall. I know. And and the lights are starting to flash. Oh, that's what it is. I thought it was having a it's, seizure. Up no, <laughs> oh, there he is. They're, they're starting up the Zamboni. Bob's going to be clean the floors. Yeah. And, oh yeah. boy. Yep. Lights are flat. So it's time for us to close up the joint. So we're, we're getting ready for last call. Yeah. All this fun. We're just going to have to wrap it up, right? So if you would like to be our last caller. Dial 312-981-7200. That number again is 312-981-7200. If you, if you would like to be our last caller. Can we just establish we do not have edibles in the studio? <laughs> that's because the somebody problem. wants to know if that's what we have been doing. No, you're exactly right. That's the problem. Yeah. We don't have any Our gummies edibles. have not kicked in. <laughs> so. So 312-981-7200, if you would like to be our last call and uh, win some goodies from our prize list. Yes, yes. And we will chat with you for just a few and find out what's up in your world. And uh, just quickly, if I may, go back to the business of the alarm. Sure, sure. A listener listener says it's 2.20 p.m. Eastern in capital letters. And I think we said Eastern. Yes, we did. 1.20 here in Illinois. Yes, we clarified. It is a national female alert. We said that, but we said from state to state, it will be determined if there is a catastrophe in your state, they will delay it until October 11th. So I just wanted to clarify for a listener who felt the the need to 
tip type away in capital in, in letters. Caps. Yes. Yeah. So there you have it. Capitalize this. Let's go. You don't have to go home. Yes, you do. Yeah, you really do. But you can't stay here. <laughs> oh, no, you can't stay here. By the way, before we get to our last caller, I want to say uh, hi to uh, to Annie and Ryan, mm-hmm. who are uh, listening to us from Lost Wages, Nevada. And welcome home, Annie. Uh, Annie works at uh, one of our favorite television stations. Or oh, she did. Or she did. That's and now right. She, she did. Now she's now working she in Vegas. To Vegas. Yes, she was in uh, Panama City and working with our friend Amy Hoyt. That's right. And then she she broke into Vegas time, and so by listening to us, I say welcome home, Annie and Ryan. So, so Annie and Ryan, maybe we, maybe we can talk to you uh, next week or something like that. Oh, but you know what? We've had people tonight, so it must be the change of the season because Wells Beach, Maine is tuned in tonight, and Bowling Green, Kentucky, and Houston, Texas, and South Carolina, and Port Charlotte, and Winter Haven, Florida, and Oklahoma City. So really, we got out a As lot. As the shadows get longer, gotta love that WGN radio app. Stronger. Well, no, no, they're listening no, the old-fashioned way. This is the old-fashioned way, yeah. Gabe. Oh, wow, we go that far? Yeah. Oh, yes. Nice. Yes. Now, remember this, Gabe. As Steve said, when the... When the shadows get longer, the signal gets stronger. So as we ah, yes. get into the season, you'll find that it's pretty amazing. Gabe, back in the day, uh, there was a station on Sunday nights in Las Vegas that used to go off the air. When that station went off the air... We would get calls from people in Riverside, California, listening to us on their AM radios. That's right. You, we we talked about this the first time I was ever yeah. yes. on the air on the air with you two uh, last year during the holiday season, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. By the way, hi, Gabe. Hi. <laughs> and con- congratulations to the Sox for making it one hundred. Woohoo! Yeah, a lot of those Sox fans are probably still at the bar right now. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> but, but you know what, though? This time, Cubs fans are probably with them. Yeah. Yeah. And probably getting ready for the Bears game. They're there, too. Well, well the Bears Bears fans will probably join them at the end That's of the, right. end of the day today. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay, we, we better get to our last caller. Yes. And, um, this is serious business of the last yeah, caller. Serious business. Mm-hmm. And I I chose last week, so you chose you chose the number this week. <laughs> I, I'll be chosen the number, and I'm going to pick uh, line number two. And line number two would be, I believe, uh, Casey. Hi, Casey. Hey, hello. How are you? Hi, Hi Casey. Where, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Chicago, Edison Park area. Okay, good, good. Why are you up at this hour? Well, I was getting the house cleaned up for uh, my daughter's wedding on the 14th of oh, october nice so i was cleaning all day all night dozed off and woke up to go to bed <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> two weeks ahead of time so you're gonna have the reception there at the house or what no the uh bridesmaids are gonna be here getting ready of course family from europe coming oh, and staying wow. with us great so, how co- what part of europe uh germany mm-hmm. okay well, this is going to be a big shindig. I'm sorry, we're tied up. We can't be there that night on the 14th. Well, <laughs> just stop by for a cocktail. <laughs> it's the night of my high school reunion. Everything's happening on the 14th. Well, let me ask, uh, if uh, the in-laws are coming from Germany, how did your daughter meet her fiancé? 
Oh, no, it's not. It's my cousins that are coming from Germany. Oh, okay. Oh, how nice. All right. I, you know what? I don't have any cousins that would travel that distance for me. I mean, yeah. I love them, but they just wouldn't do that. That's huge. <laughs> well, we had an opportunity to go out there six years ago for my cousin's son, and uh-huh. it was a, a great time, and uh, we're repaying them the favor. Oh, nice. Oh, So where will the reception be held? In Mount Prospect, mm-hmm. uh, country, uh, the country club. Nice. And you're going to do German food as well as every other kind of food possible for a reception? No, no, it'll be American food. Mm-hmm. Bacon, chicken. I'm so hungry right now. Yeah. <laughs> During the break, we're, we're contemplating, what should we have when we get home? And at first, it, it, it was an egg salad sandwich, and then I said, ah, no, we, we got to eat food. We're much more hungry than <laughs> we that. We eat chicken and mm-hmm. potatoes and stuff like that when we get home. So, so are you going to have a midnight snack before you go to bed, Casey? Uh, no, no. <laughs> well, you get brownie points for being up cleaning the house. And look, you got to listen to this scintillating conversation about the strength of a dog's nose. Where else did you get this information? But right here. As Spike Odell used to say, you can't get this kind of radio up and down the dial. <laughs> Amen. And by being our last caller, and what if I can just for a moment back up. When we look for the last caller, what we do to make it fair is we just take a bank of calls and then each week one of us will choose a number and then we randomly go to that person because we learned early on when we say last caller, there's somebody sitting there with their phone ready to hit it so that they can be the first one in. So we said, you know, we'll make it a little bit more challenging by picking and choosing. So, But you're going to get a couple goodies from our prize list. Yes, you're going to get your very own authentic retro WGN radio t-shirt, and you're going to get your desktop weather maker from uh, American Weather Makers. And that's become like a big collectible item, so that's going to be your very own desktop weather station. All that coming your way, Casey, and congratulations to your daughter, or do I say best wishes? Oh, um, there's some etiquette. Just, yeah. yeah, good good stuff. Yeah, have a good life. <laughs> Thank so, you, Casey. Hold on, we'll get some information from you uh, off the air. This show's gone by really, really fast. And they're going to say off the rails. Yeah. Well, well there is that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thanks to the listeners that you guys have me peeing in my pants. <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> That's what I strive for every week. We should remind you uh, of a couple things. One, not next week, mm-hmm. but the week after next week, October 14th. When Casey's daughter's getting married. And Johnny is having her 50th You know what? Just call reunion. my reunion. Uh, and so the first part of our show, from roughly 9 until 11 will be some best of stuff. Mm -hmm. But then, we'll be here roughly 11 o'clock, we'll be live, because coming down from the reunion, and the reason we're doing that is that Tommy Emanuel, who will be playing the Park West that night, after he finishes up at the Park West, Tommy has been nice enough to say he's going to come on over here and bring his guitar and hang out with us. And those of you who've been with us for a, a reasonable amount of time, you know that Tommy is something special. Yep. And we're tickled. Uh, it, we're, we're so tickled. Uh, we, we introduced Tommy at the Park West the first time he ever played the Park West. Yep. How many years ago was that? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. That many. <laughs> so 
We're going to head out and uh, try and find some rabbits to post. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Rabbit, 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 in case you haven't heard. Yeah. It's the 1st of October. And uh, theoretically, we're back on next week at 11 o'clock. In theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's after the, the Hawks game. Yeah. So thank you to everybody for uh, hanging out with us. Uh, thank you to uh, Bob Fukuda and... Uh, Ron Brown and Gabe Salgado and uh, that um, guy on the other side of the the glass, mm-hmm, Julian. Mm-hmm. Tibar, Tibar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm scared. <laughs> I know. I, and, and thank you for hanging out with us. Yes. Uh, theoretically, we'll be back next week.